double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Welcome to Double Bill. I'm Joshua Mad Dog Humphrey. I'm joined by... I am Mikey, the Northeast Minneapolis Oak Postal. And I'm Brian, the incredible 70s Hulk Watson Jones. And we're joined today by special guest Bill Steitler. Hello, Bill. Double Bill Steitler. Double Thank Bill you. Steitler, yes! Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. It's a violent takeover <laughs> of our podcast. taking so long. Where's the other Bill? Uh, You'll be along any minute. All Just right. talk for a while. All right. Uh, Bill, you, you're you on two podcasts, aren't you? Maybe, no, three. Well, yeah, kind of, yes. Two and a half. Uh, I do the Bird Chick podcast with my wife, Sharon Steitler. Uh, I do Movie Date with Bill, which is a movie uh, podcast about going to see movies in the theater. And then I have a podcast with Brandy Brown called uh, Brandy and Bill Talk About Black Exploitation, which has not been updated for a very long time, but we keep meaning to do more and more of those. But, so, yeah, I do I do several podcasts. I listen to Bird Chick and mm-hmm. um, Movie Date with Bill quite frequently. I'm amazed people listen to either one of them, frankly. Well, I do like yeah. uh, Movie Date with Bill quite a bit because I do like your approach to it, which is all about emotional reaction. Yeah. Uh, and not just, like, let's talk about this film and uh, nitpick, like, all the plot holes or whatever. Yeah, well, because there's enough of those. We do, yeah, we do end up doing that a lot. But, yeah, it's basically, I was uh, reading a, an article by Roger Ebert and someone was taking him to task about his his academic approach it was shoddy. And he goes, you're right, I'm not an academic. I approach movies emotionally. I sit down and, and that's, that's I think, why people go to the movies is mm-hmm. to be emotional, to be manipulated. So that's what I do. I don't think we've sat down since uh, the Star Wars Force Awakens came out either, and that was all emotional reaction yeah. afterwards. Wow, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have you didn't have an, an intellectual uh, discussion about the fact. <laughs> I Can I say that, that that's one thing that absolutely drives me nuts about? I've been thinking because I've been thinking about nerd culture is that people who are trying to like, oh, well, let's figure out how the physics of this work. It's like no, it's like people who are like, oh, the adats don't make any sense. It's like it's not supposed to make sense. You are supposed to have. You were supposed to be a little kid shitting your pants at this idea of this giant horse coming towards you that could crush you <laughs> very, very slowly, and you can't stop it. It's yes, not supposed to be the inevitable drive of the glaciers with yeah. big metal legs. <laughs> That's, that, that is exactly where I shut the fuck down. Yeah. Like, it just kind of, like, as soon as I start hearing that, like, the blinders mm. come down, I'm just like, okay, you, I'm, yeah, I, I move that out of my, like, realm of understanding, and I just go back to my love, my little kid yeah. love of, of the exact, like, yeah. giant horse monsters, and mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no sound in outer like, space. I mean, a movie yes. has to have to follow its own internal logic. It needs to make sense from, like, scene to scene, but that's mm-hmm. really sort of, you know, all I care about. But, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, see the books, like, the science of Star Wars and the science of Star Trek, and then, like, somebody had the best picture. They uh, It was a picture of one of the original series episodes. It's the one where they make a Captain Kirk android by putting him on a table and, like, spinning him around until the other thing turns into Captain Kirk. It's like, huh, you never see them talking about this in the science of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? 
Well, it's like a centrifuge. <laughs> exactly. It, it spins all of the Captain Crack yeah, into just, his feet and they extract just it. Just pour a bunch of, like, old hamburger meat and Cheerios exactly. into one end. No, it forces Captain Kirk mitosis is yeah, exactly. what happens. He splits. Um, you just science. need to, like, get it moving quickly enough. Uh, science word. So, yeah, so, yeah I, 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 I try to watch movies uh, emotionally. Well, that's too bad mm-hmm. because I think if you were a guest when we actually picked apart a talking cat... A Talking Cat. A Talking Cat is amazing. It's a masterpiece, really. It is really, it's an astonishing, it's amazing what you can do in three days, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dozens of people with wasted like a weekend. such a crazy movie. A long with two weekend. hours, with two hours. I am so happy. Footage. I love bad movies, and I know some people, uh, the thing, and the other thing I don't get is people who like, who love to watch bad movies but hate people who make bad movies. I am so happy a talking cat exists. I love the fact that this gets made. Like I love like watching uh, Miami Connection just makes me so happy to watch that. Mm. Oh like, yeah, yeah. People who hate Tommy Wiseau and hate Roger Corman and like oh this, this jerk is like no you, you're missing the point entirely. These are fantastic. I'm so happy these movies exist. Now before <clears throat> before we digress and. Like way to talk about the actual topic. Regress before we tell what this episode is about. But I think about. But I think about things. No, you're right. Like fuck that. We'll talk about it offline because I have a I have an interesting Sam Landman esque theory about. I'm not going to watch ever watch the room because I think the room is one of those films that exists in spite of itself. You know, like I don't want to watch it. Like I'll watch a talking cat for academic purposes. (laughs) No, you should really watch. I mean, what's fascinating? I'll tell you what. What's fascinating about the room, and I I highly recommend. Like I love the riff tracks. You know, covers of the room, but you need to watch it by itself for the first time because in addition to being completely insane, like things happen in that movie that like, if you locked me in a closet for a hundred years and said, come up with ideas for a movie, I would never, never come up with these ideas. But like, it's very clear that this came from a very personal place from him. Somebody, some woman hurt him very badly, and this is him trying to express this pain that he feels. Now, it fails on every single level, but you see, I've seen a lot of really hateful, like, uh, like, grindhouse movies made, but this, this movie comes from a really, really pure place, yeah. and just comes out in the most insane manner possible. It is, it is to be experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to borrow it? I have. You know, I'm sorry. I'm still stinging three years later now from uh, World of of Tomorrow. Escape from Escape from Tomorrow. Escape from Tomorrow, the world's longest (laughs) Wow Girls promo video. I'm pretty sure it's a demonstration video of all the great movies they could make. I was watching and I was like, oh, this is this is this is this is some guy watching, uh, you know, a nubiles.net porn intro video that and he's trying to decide as he's having a stroke and dying. This is him trying to decide if he's going to click the buy button. I don't know. Everybody's talking about Zika right now, and I'm really more worried about cat flu. I'm still worried you, about. You I'm really still. Worried? You're worried about mosquito flu. Cat flu. It's the cat flu that gives you the eyes. It's true. It is the cat flu. That gives um, you the eyes. Am I misremembering that he also grew whiskers? Did my brain? Just, <laughs> <laughs> my brain just put that in to have I think fun. I, with I think it. I just added that. Yeah. Later. Too um, bad. I think that's better. Today. Today. Today the is... Way, the reason that we're here. Mike. The reason that we're here. Um, <laughs> we're here for a reason. This will be fun. It is. It's mildly circular. Today we have two uh, two films. We have mm-hmm. the uh, 1977 documentary, Pumping Iron, uh, documenting the uh, 1975 Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe contests in Pretoria, mm-hmm. South uh, South Africa. Uh, also, which was the uh, basically the, the showpiece, the debut of a very young Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then followed up with the 2008 documentary, uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Asterisk. Don't forget the asterisk. 
God, you and your asterisks and entero bangs. Um, bigger, stronger, faster. Punctuation is important. Punctuation is important, and that doc is a, point. is a documentary about uh, America's culture with basically everything rip roaring testosterone and basically steroid culture. It's, yeah, it, it mm-hmm. became bodybuilding and steroids. Bodybuilding yes. and steroids, and um, uh, I I love them very much, both equally. Now, the reason why this came about, I think I remember you put on the Fabook. That you were mm-hmm. watching Pumping Iron? Yeah, I was uh, going through uh, my Netflix. I was basically... I was, somebody made a joke that you spend more time searching Netflix than watching Netflix. And I thought, oh, that's, uh, that's very true. So I basically made the decision to, if I could not decide instantly what I was going to watch, I was going to watch the movies in my Netflix queue. And Pumping Iron was the next movie in my queue. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How Now, did you just like randomly think, I'm just going to watch this? And... No, I think um, it came up... Uh, I, I think probably the movie was re-released or, or for an anniversary or something. And I think probably the AV Club reviewed it and said, this is a very fascinating documentary. You get to see a young Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's like, okay. And it came up in Netflix, so I added it to my queue. Right on. Uh, and I think I commented, and this is where it does get kind of personal, that uh, when I was in high school, um, at the height of... So I was in high school probably uh, around 1989 through 1993. Mm-hmm. And if you guys... And we talked about emotional responses mm-hmm. earlier in this. Um, that was around the time that there was a kind of in, in movie parlance, mm-hmm. there was sort of going to be a tonal shift in what the public was enjoying in terms of like big blockbuster celluloid movies. We didn't have Avengers and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars had been a couple years out. The funny movies and like the cerebral movies were still, you know, kind of like juggling back and forth. But what had filled the niche. Um, not just with Conan the Barbarian, which was kind of like a, a, a originally it meant to be a He-Man mm. uh, movie, mm-hmm. but um, they ended up taking it into a very sword and sorcery movie. Yeah, Milo, and yeah. Milo, yeah, Milo's yeah, yeah. Form. And, um, but it wasn't until 1984, remember the magic year. Oh, sorry. Did I say Milo's form? John Milius. John, John Milius. No, no, no. I was, there. I was with you. Yeah. Um, well, 1984, I was one. So yes, yeah. I remember. Okay. Too. So, yeah. so in 1984, which I tell these guys is the magic year, which is was Gremlins, Buckaroo mm-hmm. Banzai, yeah. Ghostbusters, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones and the Temple of Doom, like mm-hmm. a ton of like really great movies. And then shoehorned in there was John Cameron's opus. Terminator, right. which was mm-hmm. he was he James Cameron, James Cameron. Sorry, and then he he came. <laughs> I yeah. knew something. <laughs> so Arnold came marching on the scene. Yeah, and Rocky wasn't even you know Rocky had only been in the theaters for a couple of years. They already done the sequel. Well, yeah, Rocky was also not what it became. Right, Rocky was he a, was a the underdog thing that lost. He was a palooka. He, he was an underdog story. He was a supercar, a legitimate underdog story. Um, professional wrestling there was still like stuff that i used to watch with my dad was yeah. like guys in singlets who were overweight mm-hmm. and like slapping their faces well i wouldn't say that they were overweight i wouldn't say that they were overweight i would say that they were brawny it was more of a like you see this thing people bring up is like this is what people who enter strongman contests look like this is what right. body sculpting mm-hmm. look like so they were strong yeah. guys but they were not cut it, well they, they had like had, sumo strength yeah they had yeah. like a torso the trunks were very you know, but yeah, yeah. Bra- the brawny man mm-hmm. the Andre strong the man mm-hmm. right yeah. so they're big dudes but then but then Arnold comes on the scene, mm-hmm. and in the same year that Terminator came out, uh, Conan the Barbarian or Conan the Destroyer came out. Oh God, what a piece of shit! And all of a sudden, also uh, Stallone focused um, turning Rocky into a miniature bodybuilder mm-hmm. underdog. He even in Rocky Three, which was just a year prior, was he fighting uh, Thunderlips, which was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan, who was again a focus of the documentary, mm-hmm. and. We and even Rambo movies. Rambo became a PTSD story about a Vietnam vet right. and turned into like this muscle-bound guy with a six-pack carrying two M60s. Oh yeah, at least and an winning Vietnam and scream and winning yeah, yeah winning, winning Vietnam, Iraq, winning, winning Afghanistan, Afghanistan yeah. everything. Yeah. Take that the world. So this is where my so getting back to this story, my 
my upbringing was like watching these guys mm-hmm. and like and that's why i sort of kind of had a weird affinity with bigger stronger faster because that's what the three brothers were like this is like yeah yeah marching around and mm-hmm. in junior high when the nerd stuff doctor who started going away in 1989 that mm-hmm. was when like the last one went out like uh sylvester mccoy was no longer right. and all my nerdy kind of things were like kind of filtering away yeah. these big bodybuilders came on the scene with like the sort of genre movies that I dug. Well, they were, I mean, they were superheroes. I mean, yeah. 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 And I remember being a kid and I saw in the, in the store, uh, a bodybuilding magazine with a bodybuilder on the cover and painted on his huge torso was a Superman costume. Oh. And I was just like, wow, that's what a real guy looks like with like, <laughs> a like, real like, guy. like yeah. in like, but in like, you see the cartoon, you've been reading mm-hmm. comic books mm-hmm. and like, there's a human being taking off his glasses and he's just some model guy, right? Mm-hmm. With a six pack. So, um, I found the documentary Pumping Iron when I was in when, uh, my sophomore year mm. and oh, wow. I, I had been really like interested in like lifting weights and it was a great year because it was the first year I would go to the Y with my dad and I stopped just going to open swim and when you're 15 and 16, they let you go into the weight room mm-hmm. unsupervised. So I would like, they gave you tutorial, showed you how to use the Nautilus equipment. I remember those. The sexy Nautilus. <laughs> and um, we, and then next thing I know, I'm subscribing to Muscle Mag, Muscle and Fitness mm-hmm. and I would go in my basement four times a week and I'd run in place, do jumping jacks, push-ups, while this was going, we had taped it off of network television, and I'd stop, fast forward through the commercials, <laughs> you know, which were sure. filled with, like, you know, avoiding the noise yes. at the time yes. and all that crap, and uh, the car commercials of the day. And then I watched this probably about 60 or 70 times. Pumping iron. Oh, yes. 60 or 70 times. Oh, yes. So the first couple times it hit you then, when you were watching it, uh, how old were you? I would have been like 16. Mm -hmm. 16. At that time, did you imagine that, oh, this was what Arnold had achieved for himself, that you could do that as well? If you subscribed to the proper magazines, if you did all the proper exercises, if you ate right, mm -hmm. could you get to this? That was, that's an interesting, that's an interesting commentary. I watched it primarily because, A, I thought these were guys who could like, the 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 main thing that I got from like the magazines and all the stuff I started collecting was that here is a guy who was basically a mostly uneducated immigrant mm-hmm. who achieved the American dream by his body and everything that I read about him was like this guy could like mentally <laughs> control like through like like he'd work one part of his body mm-hmm. to give himself symmetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I started buying books on. Oh God, these are embarrassing. Ultra ripped abs mm-hmm. and sure. barn door shoulders, and mm-hmm. like, because I was a, a, I was a pudgy kid yeah. who went through puberty, and <clears throat> I and then I just started reading. And the interesting thing you might find interesting is that I I got a very deep understanding of like anatomy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I learned like exactly where what a you know what is a gastrocnemius, the anterior tibialis, the interior tibialis, you know your serratus, you know your obliques, wow. upper and lower rectus mm-hmm. abdominis interior exterior deltoids mm-hmm. what a body type is mm-hmm. ectomorphic endomorphic mesomorphic you know mm-hmm. like this is the stuff that like i was eating up and i realized that i had like narrow shoulders a wide hip base but this guy could do things with his body it was amazing and then i bought this book and i was about 17 and i told you in river place you should probably tell the listeners what the book that we've yes. been pointing so, out the entire episode is that's right so um, I was telling Bill earlier that I went to uh, River Place, St. Anthony, Maine, and I found a bookstore with an unauthorized biography of Arnold Schwarzenegger called Arnold Schwarzenegger, A Portrait. And it's by George Butler, and George Butler and Charles Gaines were the guys who originally made the book Pumping Iron, mm-hmm. and they turned it into, uh, and the, the book is interesting. Well, Butler produced and directed Pumping yes. Iron, too, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And so the thing is, they what they did was they wanted to do something on bodybuilding culture, and they did. They 
the struggle they went through, and we can talk about this in a minute, mm. to get the movie produced and you know just mm. out there was un- they went to the Whitney in New York and did a bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, I read you know? about that. So it's it's amazing how much work they put into this to well, like, just get it up there. The thing, I mean, the thing that because I, I read, I was reading the Wikipedia after I watching the movie because it's a fascinating thing. It's like this was not bodybuilding as prevalent as it is now was not well known Mm-mm. in the seventies when this was coming out. So this was sort of the the large scale introduction to to people, which I find absolutely you know fascinating. It's am- that they didn't know what bodybuilding. It's amazing, was. right? And yeah. that's and that's what I that's what I got. And you from see it. this, and I mean, people talk about like in our superhero movies now. You go back and you watch George Reeves and Adam West and stuff, and people are like, how could that guy? He's like fat. And it's like, no, he's not. That's what a strong man looked like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the forties, and the fifties, and the sixties, Michael yeah. Michael Keaton, the big the big bitch. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember this. Like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was sitting cross-legged in shinders, like reading, like who's yeah. gonna be Batman? Yeah. And they're like Michael Keaton, and people are like, "Fuck no, Mister yeah. Mom!" Yeah. And and the the joke was, they're like, "Well, Michael Keaton is thirty seven years old, the same age that Adam West was when he first donned the cape and cowl." Yeah. And they're like, he can get into shape. And the people they were talking about were like Mel Gibson, who did a lot of shirts off movies. Yeah. Um, Van Damme at the time was brand new. But they're like, yeah. he's got a terrible accent. But he's still in good shape. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember people talking about, I remember kids, people, kids, talking about Schwarzenegger should play Batman. Right. Because they are the body types that fit this kind of, that fit yeah. the superhero mold. And I, when I read this, uh, a portrait, uh, this is also... It's important to note that, and speaking of the second movie, when we were going to like junior high and high school, and when you guys were infants, uh, the the don't do drugs thing was oh, a yeah. big deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just don't do no. steroids. Yeah. Olympic athletes are the acme of of strength yep. and and fitness, and they do it through hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, uh, Hulk Hogan was like, you know, say your prayers, Mr. take your American. vitamins, you know, you know, and then all these guys were like, Clean living. People, it was Reagan's Clean. America. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. if Hulk you were, Hogan, Mr. T. Oh yeah. They're drink all, your they're, milk. If you did drink, the work, you could get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh yeah. Was, Reagan's America. It's, if you have moral strength, you will have physical strength. I, we, they made us watch in health class, a 21 jump street that dealt with steroids. Even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably remember did that. I could watch the Ben Affleck. Let me ask you this, Mike, did you compete? Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Okay. The, the interesting thing because I remember that, in my school, and this was probably the end of my my high school, we actually had like a couple of of like bodybuilding competitions where the students, like the guys who were into that, would get up and like do them up and do poses in school. In school, yeah, it was like an assembly. It was like you know oh. you had to like pay and buy a ticket and go to it. No yeah, yeah, we had uh, we had a couple Weird. of guys in. Uh, uh, I went to Park Center and we had a couple of guys who went to the gym, mm-hmm. which was in North Minneapolis, Camden. And at the time, I wasn't out. When I saw Van Damme as a kid, Van Damme to me, this is weird. It's the dysmorphia that kind of mm-hmm. leads in there. But he was like the ideal. I didn't want to be ginormous, mm-hmm. but I wanted functional, strong looking. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like, wow, I wanted the six pack. And like mm-hmm. the guys in ninth, 10th grade were like, yeah, sit ups. And I was just like, how do they do that? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about that was in ultra ripped abs, mm-hmm. they showed the guy that won in 1950, like made 10,000 sit ups in like a day. And he was just this little 50s guy with his hands behind his head with a big smile. <laughs> Super skinny nobody. Yeah. No, not a single piece of definition. And they're like, do you know why that is? Because it's not focused work. So our bodybuilders were like really underground. They all worked out. They're on the football team or wrestling team. And they competed, but they were also the power lifters and like, Mm. they were all like sort of homogenous in my school. But the one thing I remember, they were super nice. They were like super kind. Mm -hmm. The fact that you were down there working out with them and 
doubling way back, you mentioned that this kind of like broke the seal. Mm. And between the time in 75 when pumping iron was being, uh, was being documented, mm. uh, Arnold was like, I'm retiring. Now this book deals with his return. So right around the time he was filming Conan the Barbarian, he was in the gym and he thought, oh, what the hell? I might as well try to get back. So five years later, he goes back to work out. And there was a huge debacle because everybody was like, you can't just, you can't come back. You, you, you have to like apply. There's like a 10 month waiting list. Mm-hmm. You, you're retired. And they made a waiver for him. And the guy that was favored wanted to like kill him. Like, <laughs> well, like, he won. He won, didn't he? He won. But everybody said, you're not in the same shape you were in 1975 mm-hmm. in Pretoria. And he would go out there, but he did the same dickhead psychological things. Like yeah. mm-hmm. he would be in the meetings and all the other bodybuilders were looking at him like just mad. And he would just point at them and say, but none of these guys are in shape. So what am I worried about? Yeah. I can just go out there. So um, in this book also, though, it talks about his steroid use. Oh, yeah. And that was the first time I ever had an idea that... Yeah, you kind of thought they did, mm-hmm. but he was just like, "Oh yeah, I do them all the time." That's that's something I want to is something that you you touched on is the the psychological game that he played because I think if especially if this is the the movie that's introducing people to bodybuilding, there's certainly an idea that if a much like you know you have a pretty woman must be stupid, a muscle band must a man who with a developed body must have must be an idiot, mm-hmm. must be mm-hmm. a moron because it's sort of this idea that you don't know, like one thing you can only have so much of one thing, right? And I think Your that only got so much blood exactly yeah if you're going to underdevelop your brain and i think that that's thing like watching this is mildly interesting for bodybuilding culture but see a young schwarzenegger and just see this guy who when he was starting doing movies because he had a very thick austrian accent and he was a very muscular guy people thought he was stupid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and just to see that 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 this is the guy who's going to become the governor of california one day you can completely see it that he is completely aware of he is completely driven and also has a wonderful self-awareness that I think a lot of the other bodybuilders are missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that he knows what's going on. What I found really interesting, because in, in Pumping Iron, his his primary, uh, his, his he's up against Lou Ferrigno. Uh, and Lou Ferrigno has uh, some deafness, which gives him a, a speech problem as well. But you, so you very rarely hear Lou Ferrigno talking. Everybody who's talking to Lou Ferrigno, especially his family, is encouraging him. They're like trying to, but you're gonna be great. Lou, you're gonna do that. Nobody does that to Arnold, but everybody is asking him what he thinks. What should I do here? What should I do here? How should I do? It's like, oh yeah, you can do this. And then you see Arnold Schwarzenegger in these candid interviews, just talking about. How he's going to mess with people? Mm-hmm. How he's going to get inside their minds? Well, well into that to, to that specifically, like you know, people will go to him for advice, yeah. and then he would give them bad advice yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Which I was like, you little scamp. Yeah. Let's start with that then. Let's start with if we can go and say, let's start with pumping iron. Okay, that's All right. right. Yeah. Um, so, well, can on, I talk? Can I talk a little bit about pumping iron? My experience. Oh, it? you know, absolutely. I, I, today, I, like my experience was this week. Yeah, <laughs> well, and yeah. I mean, you guys. Seriously, I Ryan Watson Jones is like I, I like, like geocaching. I watch it like five. I, hey, I get ten, a lot of hiking. Mike, Mike, no, too. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike, you're playing the psychological game. This, here. Is, this is like this is very friendly. Pat. Yes, go ahead and talk about what you think about this. I spent 45 minutes in the woods last night. Thank yeah. you. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not a. I'm not a Schwarzenegger scholar, but at the same time, this was this was a guy who every other magazine that I would yeah. get as a kid. That was like a very special Arnold issue that would talk about his workouts and like mm-hmm. even today it's like his he he sells magazines oh, like yeah. hard like like what did he do for those twenty four inch arms what did mm-hmm. he do to like go from two hundred and ten pounds to two hundred and fifty pounds for competition weight you know yeah. how did he like 
And to that end, when we talk about the manipulation, you guys need to know, he, in every one of those articles, they said he could be working out, a bomb would go off in the gym, and he would still work out. Yeah. He had no other, he, the reason why no one talked to him, because he didn't talk to anybody else. Mm. His workouts were his own. The only time he interacted with people was like, you're spotting me, and mm. I'm going to lift 500 pounds and do squats. And we'll get into that because I want to mention the Ed Corny mm. squat thing where he's like, I'm going to fall up, damn! And he's like, yeah... It's just so nonchalant. Right, so, uh, anyway, so anyway, like in terms of, like, I was I was watching this, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it goes back to what Bill was saying about self awareness because I couldn't watch it without just imagining all the myth building that was going on around it. Oh yeah, uh, especially with like the conception of Arnold Schwarzenegger in my head because it's all um, informed by film, movies, the interviews he's given, his governorship, his mm -hmm. uh, affair, what all of that, and like looking at back at this it's like it's all there like mm -hmm. i can see oh, yeah. it all extrapolate from there because yeah. he does have that self-awareness yeah. where he is always like in the moment and it's really clear about when he's talking to people what he wants to like express to them mm -hmm. and that's what i found fascinating about it is just watching this myth being built around him uh and yeah yeah. So much of, and I'm sure we're going to get into this when you get into bigger, stronger, faster. So much of what you see uh, in the in the other guys, uh, in the minor characters of this, is that they, beyond sort of like, you see a lot of stories like, uh, you know, I was a scrawny kid and then I did this. Mm -hmm. You see this, they think that this is going to be a career path just by getting the body that Arnold has. They don't, and there's like not, like he's the one who made it because of who he was mentally, not because just because of the way he looked. Yeah. 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 Arnold is in just always the touchstone yeah. of everybody around him, mm -hmm. even though Arnold basically made himself. At least the documentary yeah. puts that forth. Yeah. But they, and then, and then what is left out and what is being the scholar that I am? <laughs> okay. So Arnold's well, hold on a second. Brian, what was your experience? Please. Film? I'm sorry. Yeah. I just want to throw out real quick <laughs> that Brian that I'm the woods for that, I, <laughs> that I feel like that, yes, the woods, um, the scary woods. Uh, that there's this weird because your dad was a cop. Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad was a cop. Lou Ferrigno's dad was a cop. Yep. There's something there. Go on. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> that's all I got. Go Careful, on. all bodybuilders. I watched it this there. afternoon. Yeah. I have no history. I've heard, I'd heard of it's, it, but the no the the thing is so Schwarzenegger has the the luxury of having uh, being the first multi winner of the Mr. Olympia, mm -hmm. which up until this documentary. Nobody gave fuck all for. Mm -hmm. What is the Mr. Olympia? Mr. Universe. Mm -hmm. The people who would like hawk off the, the, the chest expanders mm -hmm. in the back of magazines. Sure. Um, he won it between 70 and 75, and then he won it again in 1980. Mm -hmm. you know? and, but prior to that, there were a couple of other guys. You know, Sergio mm -hmm. Oliva, Larry Scott. These were also like multi-winners. Mm -hmm. And that when he came along, he, he was recognized overseas doing the Mr. Olympia by Ben and Joe Weider to like they're just like wow this guy and so he was sponsored and so what what people didn't know about it and you mentioned the fact that this movie between 1975 and 80 when he came back to it mm. the whole fitness regime and revolution yeah. blew up people would casually jog people would i mean there was Jack LaLanne and there was like you know Charles, strong, atlas. Charles atlas you know and that was that's all fine but the the idea of a weight room and this book actually opened that up for me. A body sculpting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, remember the opening credits? You see Eugene Sandow, like all these strong men doing this, pumping mm -hmm. weights, and then doing this. Eugene Sandow, the guy with the big mustache, mm -hmm. he is why there's a Mr. Olympia. He's the statue. It's yeah. a Sandow trophy that they hand out. And the, the they... 
bodybuilding culture and like the actual weightlifting, the idea that it's an important part of fitness was, I mean, beyond life. And for me personally, my dad was just a big guy who no. lifted a weight. Mom took Dexatrim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what that. house, housewives would think. Yeah. You want to stay thin, take speed. Mm -hmm. This guy was like, no, you got to run, you got to stretch, you got to do all this shit. Here's what I, here's here's a question because uh, what I find fascinating about like the this the bodybuilding thing is that it's not a it's a competition but it's not like who can lift the most weights who can jump it's not a decathlon mm -hmm. it's look at me mm -hmm. here's you're going to be judged according to your appearance like here's your symmetry like what I forget yeah. what like he mentioned like it's the symmetry it's the definition it's all these things the clarity of the muscle he says the, it to the, the, the preciseness yeah. of the poses yeah, the muscle, which I find fascinating from a especially from the 70s from a male perspective is that you're going to be judged on your appearance mm -hmm. and that th this is something that a lot of men including you including the brothers in bigger stronger faster lot latch onto is that i want to look good i want to look in this very defined way yeah he, like a statue well, he yeah. mentioned that to the to, to the kid remember in the movie the kid who came up he's like can you show mm -hmm. me he's like he goes no you little guys you got you got to show them you got to open your arms and make yeah. that, mm -hmm. you make that point yeah. that's bad pose by the way for a guy from germany yeah. really bad yeah, yeah. yeah big smile yeah um but yeah you were saying sorry i was saying that that also tied into the guy with the terrifying biceps from bigger faster Stronger, oh yeah mm -hmm. um which forgive me if at some point it, i call it bigger longer uncut because that right. that movie has had more effect on me but, but just that his his biceps were not about being sexually attractive to people he was actually interested in it was about yeah i got these biceps the biggest biceps the guys want to find out how i got these biceps and i'm just meatball yeah and these and so what what he did was uh and this is why i keep referencing this book he the the backstory from a lot of it mm. interesting enough is he talks about how that movie and subsequent interviews to like promote the movie even with barbara walters like mm -hmm. she reached over and she's like why'd you bring this big turkey with mm. and the guy's like um he's he's the kind of the lead yeah. and she's like oh. so she starts talking to him and through the interview she's like he, she's like so if you if you oh, stop yeah. working out is your muscle going to turn to fat he's like well technically muscle can't turn to fat because they're two different things and then he just starts <laughs> giving the whole biology lesson mm -hmm. and then she reaches over and she squeezes his arm she's like oh my god he's like what she's like i thought it was going to feel like high tension cable but mm -hmm. it's soft mm -hmm. and he's like that's why it's called pumping mm -hmm. iron mm -hmm. and all, everything he talks about, like taking away the interviews, like saying bodybuilding is not a subculture of homosexual culture. Mm. Uh, we're not a, a bunch of narcissists. Bodybuilding is a sport. Mm. It is a, and that's the other thing. It's, it, it is a sponsored sport. Like we can look at like NASCAR and joke, like it's a bunch of people driving around, but to own a NASCAR and like do that, you require hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. He got shipped over because of the weeders from Europe to work out here, mm -hmm. sponsored. He got a job, you know, he worked out with, with uh, Franco mm -hmm. Colombo and they were roommates yeah. for a while, but he had to like put the time into like rustle up the funds. And that's where he started getting smart and manipulative, mm -hmm. like figuring out like, I'm going to, he was like, he goes, so he put together a master plan mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to win a bunch of money from bodybuilding with my body. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to take this money. I'm going to invest in real estate mm -hmm. and I'm going to go and like buy a bunch of expensive shit and keep reinvesting. And he goes, then I'm going to start becoming a film star. Then I'm going to marry into the White House. Came close. He came, came close. real close. This reminds me of a story I heard about John Travolta when they were doing Welcome Back Carter. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. I, I, I hope you are. I, 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 I was hope listening to, it was probably off. on one of those behind the, you know, behind the music things. It was Ron uh, Palila who plays Horshack, and he was talking about, 
he they were you know making good money the show had been on for a while and john travolta was always broke he was always asking for like five dollars for lunch because he was taking all of his money and investing it into pr so that he could move on to make movies and wow. get out of this you know very popular tv show but the tv show he wanted to get into movies which was really difficult at the time mm -hmm. for a tv star to get into movies so he was like he was spending money to get into magazines and get his profile up wow so well, that obviously because worked for him. It worked for him. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. the one, he's the huge star that is still, you know, can make movies and things like that. And everybody else was not. And Schwarzenegger did sneaky shit like he <clears throat> he would go back and write letters to his mom. And he's like, yeah, he goes, the reason I'm, I'm such a famous bodybuilder is that I, I eat a lot of bull balls. <laughs> and so when he took in like 77, when they were going to con with uh, Pumping Iron, yeah. and he was like taking... Uh, Butler through the the countryside, they're like having dinner with his family. He's like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Just eat it." He goes, "No." And he's like, "He goes, look, I told them all, and so as mm -hmm. soon as I told them to do this, I called the company and I and mm -hmm. said I'd like to be invested in it." Mm -hmm. And he goes, and suddenly like Arnold's power balls just like blew up. <laughs> That's the kind of shit he did. So, um, to get back to Pumping Iron, it, the movie I guess would be say in two parts, right? Yeah, the, uh, Mr. Universe with Mike Katz, yeah. Ken Waller. Mm -hmm. There's the sort of, yeah, there's sort of the amateur section where they follow the one guy for a bit, and then when Arnold comes on, it's the Arnold show. It's the Arnold yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, they check in with a half dozen other guys, but it's not about them. Yeah. You know, I was uh, I was watching Cats, because, uh, like, his, he has this horrible haircut. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I thought you meant the musical. No, no. I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> that we're bringing so there's the another, so the amateur, the so amateur, amateur before, guy, yeah. and then well, all once it turned around on him, comes. I was like, oh, you poor man, you should have won that. But <laughs> that was, if, as I read in the Wikipedia entry, that was faked. No, the really the, no. The thing is, he his shirt was that yeah because those fucking those fucking documentarians were like yeah documentarians they, yeah they changed things they filmed yeah. the the Ken Waller mm -hmm. scene where he's talking about hiding his shirt yeah and then they hid his shirt on him and Waller was like I we were like training together we were friends like yeah. all those guys back so, then mm -hmm. for those of you who haven't seen the movie there is uh what is the guy's name Katz what is Katz. His Mike Katz Mike Katz is presented as the good guy he's in the amateur level of the competition he's got you know family and stuff he's, he's a school teacher school teacher talking he, about how important this is and then we introduce the bad guy of that sequence who is Ken Waller. Ken Waller Ken Waller who basically again like Arnold is having a conversation about how he's gonna fuck with this guy mm -hmm. and hide his shirt and then he ends up winning the competition so it's like oh, makes makes that. mean comments about him they're yeah. playing like pick up yeah he's pick just, up football yeah. he just set up his heel. Know, did the, do you think they did that like kind of set up that psychological game going on because it makes the psychological yeah. games that oh I'm oh, sure the documentary Arnold yeah. is doing later like yeah. all that more like oh this happens all the time I think it's yeah I think it just made it sound more interesting and the, yeah. oh it'll be funny yeah, yeah. and I think well, yeah, that, it's also the camera's there so yeah. I'm gonna well, look clever it, it really made me feel for Mike Katz like yeah. when he lost I was like oh well because he's a good all American kid like yeah. I wanted him to win and and they and they get into that a little bit I mean because in Mike Katz is like working out and. They don't show Mike at Gold's Gym, but he yeah. worked out at Gold's Gym yeah. with those guys. And he was in phenomenal shape. I mean, yeah, yeah. terrible haircut, but he, yeah. I mean, they could have well, gone. all of them had terrible haircuts. Right? <laughs> of course. There wasn't a good haircut. There was like one afro was like, that was fine, but everything <laughs> well, else was Arnold. Just... Arnold had fine hair. <laughs> and, uh, but the the interesting thing was that, okay, so we moved from the, the amateur show into the actual IFB. The Mr. Universe. The, they would go from Mr. Universe to the Mr. Olympia, Olympia. Mm -hmm. the, the creme de la creme, and they do the the, the tall men versus the small men. Or they, back then, before it was heavyweight and lightweight, it was yeah. the tall men and the short man division. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes 
the the big the big showdown is between Arnold and Lou Ferrigno ostensibly, mm-hmm. and they always show Arnold surrounded by his sycophants, you know. But then they always show Lou surrounded by his family, who's mm-hmm. like trying to like really get him going. Now Lou at, at the time was heavier than Arnold, more muscular than Arnold. Mm-hmm. He was six. He's you know he's six five. Um, two seventy five is two seventy five. Yeah, and six. And he's and Arnold was like six one six two. And he, I mean, and granted, he just didn't have his game. Like, look at the, the the scene that always comes to my mind is when they're actually in Pretoria having breakfast and Arnold is like talking to his dad and his dad is like kissing Arnold's ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Arnold's like, how do you think I feel winning my fifth Mr. Olympia today? And yeah. Lou's like, I don't know. And he's just like, he's like, it wasn't like you haven't won anything. It was Lou's like, eh, shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> And he's just telling him, I've already won this. Yeah. I've got the judges. You know, I've got everybody yeah, loves me. Yeah, there were a me. lot of psychological games going over those waffles. Talking about, like, how he goes, Franco, his best friend, Franco Colombo, who was in a couple of his movies, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Franco, incidentally, sidebar, Franco in Conan the Barbarian was, like, the peaked at the beginning, the little painted guy who oh, like, ran okay. in the village. Uh, in the movie The Terminator, when uh, he's having his flashback, Michael Bean's having his mm-hmm. flashback. And he's like going to sleep. And he's oh, the Terminator the picture. comes in. The Terminator that comes in, the oh, short okay. one, that's him. Yeah. That's Franco as well. So Franco ended up becoming a chiropractor in California. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, that's, just, that's my side. Well, if you learn so much about muscle mug groups. Yeah, and, where it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah sense. so. Um, <laughs> but he just, he's like, he goes, Franco comes to me on the day of competition for advice. And he's like a child. He's like a little child, you know, but. It's interesting at the same time when he's set up to be this big asshole, this big psychological mm-hmm. manipulator, but then he sees um, Ed Corny, yeah. you know, 42 years old, Ed Corny, who, by the way, was on all the promotional materials originally from the movie, not Arnold, because because they're both like, it's it can't be your vehicle. This is about, like, the yeah, sport the, of bodybuilding. Right. But, but they had a picture of Ed, like, winning an award, yeah. like, just super happy. He's like, look at his face. And when Arnold sees him, he goes, that... That is posing. Look at them pose, yeah. and like the very beginning scene with them in the in the ballet studio where they're like mm-hmm. learning how to like yeah. spin into yeah. it. Yeah, and like they're like you have to make it a show. There's compulsory poses which they don't they don't get into like the actual nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. But you go out there, and this is why I think it's a sport because try to flex in front of the mirror and hold it for like. A minute, two minutes. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. shaky. You get cramps. Yeah, that's what got me about this movie more than anything else is that all these guys are super jacked and all of them are tired all the time because what yes. they're doing is goddamn hard. Sucking in their guts. Every single one walking of them. Out, Arnold like, on flexed. down all side. Yeah. Let's go all the you... workouts they're doing are destroying them because they have to be pushing past their limit in order to get mm-hmm. any. And they oh. have to get a pump. They have to go on stage, pumped, veiny, sweating, yeah. like oiled mm-hmm. up and ready to go. And then they go out there and then you do your compulsory poses, double biceps, Side chest, most muscular thighs, calves, all that stuff. Back, mm-hmm. you know the you know, look at these Louis the bats, you know, and like the, all that stuff. And I'm thinking, I couldn't do that for more than like even isn't a joke, you know? Who no. can? That's amazing. Yeah. I want to back up is something you were talking about when he was, you know, when Schwarzenegger is talking about the psychological manipulation he's going to do, and then you go and see him do it. Even though he's saying exactly to the camera, I'm going to psychologically undermine these guys in a physical competition. And it's like, I can't, you don't, he's still so incredibly charismatic, I don't hate him for doing that. Know, maybe yeah. it's partly because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I, you get that from the from the first guy. It sounds mean when he says, oh, I'm going to fuck with this guy. Arnold is explaining a plan to you that he has in his head, 
And it's not like you caught him. He's like telling you, this well, is what I'm going to do. And you have a little res- le- level of respect for him. I remember listening to, um, who was the player on the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan who had the crazy hair? Rodman. Rodman. Just Rodman, yeah. I remember he- hearing in Rodman's talking about like the psychological game he would play with other players. And like I remember there was one crucial point. The other team had gotten a foul or something. The guy was going to go up for a free throw, and you just see Rodman just walked up to walked up to him, whispered something, and like took like a second and walked away. And the guy missed both his free throws. <laughs> it was just like he's going to get inside your head, yeah. and you have to respect somebody who who doesn't have a problem admitting that he does. Well, that. yeah, he's also so matter of fact about it. It's like the steroid use. Yeah. He's not he's not saying, oh, by the way, I'm doing this cheaty thing. He's saying yeah. this is one of the th- tools well, in my tool. Well, let's get it. Let's get into that. Is that's one of the things that isn't in pumping iron is the steroids. No, they talk about. And again, he talks about it here. He got interviewed that Barbara Walters yeah. interview. She's like, do you do steroids? He's like, oh yeah. And she's like, so what? And he's like, he goes, I get them from a doctor. I have doctor supervision. He goes, they help me an extra X percent. Mm-hmm. He goes, I still do all the, you know, the eating and everything like that. And, um, getting into like the pain that they go through. So mm-hmm. I reading about it, bodybuilders have to eat chickens, like mm-hmm. full oh, yeah. chickens. I read about what the rock eats now mm-hmm. to like, and he's, I love the rock. I don't yeah. know why he's charismatic. Oh, he's charismatic he's, yeah. as hell. He's he is incredibly crap. charming. He, mm-hmm. fl- he like, he goes, he does like the golden globes yeah. flies all the way over across to do filming shows mm-hmm. up at whatever gym he can mm-hmm. get a key for 4am drinks coffee and he's like, all right, Let's go to work. Yeah. The man eats like two or three pounds of cod every day. Yes, cod. And these guys, like the magazines were like there to pre-competition. Now, the interesting thing about these guys and is that a lot of these guys were like light. And then they'd go to the gym, eat, do their steroids, whatever, lift weights, and then get up to competition weight. Mm. We flip that around now. Um, because I used to always think that these guys had a kind of a luxury at being thin, tall guys who just had to eat and get bigger and muscular. Think about Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. skinny guy for his entire life to become Wolverine. He gets a trainer, mm-hmm. eats a lot of cod cause he calls the rock yeah. and you know, gets his cod hookup. And next thing you know, he's a Wolverine veiny and grr. Um, these guys, uh, <sighs> like we're lightweight nowadays. They go in heavy, like they eat five to seven thousand calories a day. Okay. Schwarzenegger had open heart surgery. Mm. All these guys later in life have to do it because mm-hmm. they're eating steaks, protein out the door, okay. insane mm-hmm. amounts mm-hmm. of food, and they also don't show that. Like mm. they show them like eating right before competition because they ratchet it down from like five thousand calories mm. to about a thousand calories. So not only are they sore all the time from like. Doing steroids, because what steroids do, and they don't mention this in Bigger, Stronger, Faster, is that they actually amplify your musculature and they help recovery time. Mm-hmm. What they don't fix or don't improve is your joints, yeah. your bones, yeah. or, your, yeah. or, your, or your, any of the interconnecting stuff. So they don't talk about how these, they show these guys falling over like Ed Corny, mm-hmm. doing like 500 pound squats. And they don't show them, and I've, and I've watched contemporary bodybuilding shows, like, oh, this is on and I'm in a hotel. And they show these guys like going out of like, like wobbling out mm-hmm. and puking. For like five God. minutes, like yeah. drunks, and they're like, "Whoa, um, it's neat. It's kind of interesting to see how they do this now because a lot of bodybuilders they don't drink, but they get power stoned. Because you know what you do when you get power stoned? You mm. want to eat some more. Okay. So uh, they're they're like getting. They just do bong rips, eat, 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 pass out for a little while, get up and go to the gym, and they'll even do bong rips before they go oh, to the I gym. <laughs> Drugs. So. Should, we take, a, should we take a break here? Check the batteries, yep. And check the batteries, make sure everybody's refreshed, and then we'll come talk about Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Sounds right? good. Yeah. 
Chefs.com. It's the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right, my little Hulkamaniacs. Um, God, I was these... never a fan of... I, like, I appreciated Hulk Hogan, but I don't... He was never, like, my favorite Did you wrestler. ever go through a wrestling phase? A little bit. A little bit when I was a kid. Um, it was, you know, it was something that was on, and when I would watch it, I would get super into it. The problem was, this was back when, uh, for those of you who don't remember the 80s, that, like, wrestling was on, like, once a month on mm-hmm. NBC. They would, like, interrupt, like, Saturday Night Live or something. Like, it was, like, the late night thing. And then they would build up these storylines, and then the storylines would resolve on pay-per-view. And yeah. Yeah. Pay- yeah. buying pay-per-view was, like, something that did not happen. That was, yeah. uh, I had no idea they did something like that. Um, yeah, I would so watch. You guys, I mean, that makes sense yeah, from no, a like, business standpoint. Yeah. Like, this is when people would... If, if you got the belt, you held on the belt for, like, three years. There was no chance that, like, you were going to lose the belt on TV. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. We, we were... Speaking of the 80s, WrestleMania was like a brand new thing. I grew yeah. up um, pay per view on Saturdays and on Saturdays on like Channel Nine mm-hmm. Twenty Nine again. Uh, wrestling was like a locally produced thing. So we had Mad Dog Vashon, we had uh, Baron Von Raschke, oh, we had Vern Gagne. Oh yeah, Gagne. I mean you grew up I in Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. so this is going to be yeah. yeah so guys, all yeah. these all these guys, all these Minnesota guys, you had the heels, you know, you had Baron Von Raschke. Yeah. They're like. You know, he was he was clearly like the Nazi allegory, you know, so yeah. you're gonna hate him already. And guys who would like eat the turnbuckle and weird yeah. gimmicky things, you know. Mm-hmm. And then at some point and and again, I think it's like the void after Star Wars science mm-hmm. fiction cool fantasy stuff kind of like went out of the it was like I'm gonna watch these guys mm-hmm. go crazy. And that was the onset of uh the WrestleMania era, which was these new personalities. Uh we had Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Junkyard Dog, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got so popular that it was even a cartoon. You know, the cart- Rock and Wrestle, uh, which Rock- had no wrestling in it. Right. Um, there were so many goddamn Cindy cartoons Lopper. in the eighties. There Cindy was a Lopper's Rambo cartoon. Videos? There was a Karate Kid cartoon. Right. There was Chuck Norris action. There was also, but Sidney uh, Lauper uh, would have the All Stars like, with Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky and Bo Jackson. Yep, yep, yep. So they had. Uh, this is not about cartoons, Brian. It's not about cartoons. Brian. It should be. I'm taking this podcast back. But then they had. Uh, but they they did they. They, that was like they would do yeah. their weekend things. There'd be uh, some crap shit ha- shit heel coming in there, mm-hmm. and the jobber, would, the jobber, mm-hmm. and they'd come in. Yeah. They do their wrestling in ripped jeans, and we because that's smart. And again, we knew the kayfabe. We knew about how it was all. You know, oh, we didn't like this was, yeah. and but. We would go. I, I don't. I don't think I knew that it was like yeah, fake it was rumor. There was it was there, it was rumor. It was talk <laughs> yeah. that, that yeah. That, it was always it was fake. It was strong, that was in the dark part of like I, yeah. in your head, especially when you're it. a kid. Yeah. I mean, we were because you want you kind of want to believe it. We, we want to believe it. But I think my my folks were like were like. Don't fucking kill yourselves, yeah. okay? Yeah. Like, because we would go out, like me and the other neighborhood yeah. buddies, you know, and like we would never get into fist fights. Like you, like mm-hmm. you're like, oh, the guys in the neighborhood, we got into fist fights when we were younger. Like you know, the outsiders, we would we would wrestle. Like in the fall, we wrestle in leaf piles mm-hmm. and the, like jump, see who could get somebody into a choke. And right. like when you do this, like you choke them out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like you knock them over. Guy and, goes limp, fights over. Well, that's sort of kind of what it yeah. was, and yeah. it was it was. Let me put it to you this way, uh, I, and I was never allowed to do this but the uh the older kids in my neighborhood uh and we lived in the suburbs mind you would go out on weekends uh with flashlights taped to their bb guns and shoot at each other that's what childhood was like in the 80s kids oh yeah 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we and i'm not talking about the little yellow plastic pellets those didn't exist these were bbs the copper bbs yeah (laughs) 
copper. I shot get some cans. copper poisoning. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I got shot. I had a, a little milk jug full of them. Like yeah. a thousand. I, I knew a guy who had been shot by a DB. So yeah. So or maybe I'm misremembering from a movie. No, you're thinking about you're thinking about the Royal Tenenbaum. Oh, yeah. I am. <laughs> I, I that actually, was my life. My brother, my brother was shooting a leopard frog at our cabin, and oh, I, I was like ten, and I jumped on it, I put my hands over, mm. and his friends were just like pumping up the beat gun, oh, like fap, wow. and all of a sudden I got one right in the hand, and my mom beat. That's the first time I remember my mom just wham, wham, wham. But anyway, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. There was so much so. wrestling, so much amazing. Now the movie Bigger, Stronger, Faster has a lot uh, has a foundation in this. The reason why we're mm-hmm. talking about it is that um, these three brothers growing up in uh, Jersey, I think so. They were like <laughs> they were super Jersey. Yeah. But they would like show their home movies and that was their lives. And just like we had talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the reason why this movie resonated with me about 2 years ago was when I was turned on to it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it and I watched this guy I was like I want to find out what it is about steroids that is kind of like What's what's so bad about him? Right. Yeah. And he because he, inspired by wrestling and uh, Schwarzenegger and mm-hmm. um, uh, Stallone. Yep. When Stallone was in his super ripped phase. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They decided they were poor. Well, no, they weren't poor. They were pudgy kids mm-hmm. uh, who were unpopular. So they decided to start working out. His brothers go into bodybuilding and start taking steroids. Yep. Power and he does not. The yeah. guy who's the director. Mike. Is it Mike? Uh, Mike Bell is Mad Dog. Mike Bell is Mad Dog. Chris? Smelly is Mark Bell. Okay. And I think it's Chris Bell. Chris yes. Bell. Yes. Chris Bell, the director, does not take steroids in his brother's do. But so he, he, the he whole did, movie though, is, right? At one point? He, I thought the impression... He tried. He did. I think, but he felt well, super no. guilty about it. No, about he, it. he told his mom the story he tried it, I think, as a way to... Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember if he actually anyway, did it or not, so but he, it was a way of he, saying, hey guys, brothers, you can admit to it, I'm testing the waters. Yeah, his, his so his conflict is he doesn't, he feels... He would feel guilty about taking steroids, and his brother have brothers have no compunction. So why does him. he himself yeah. not feel the desire to take steroids, or why yeah. does he? And feel what so are what are the effects going to be on his brothers? And yeah, and it's interesting how that that was where the the stone hit. You know, like okay, so one brother wants to be a pro wrestler, the other brother is very heavily involved in powerlifting yeah. in the powerlifting yeah. culture. And they all sort of came from the same place, and so he it's and from there he he tells a fast I think it's a really kind it's of it's a very wandering it's a it's a tale it's like going down a river it wanders but it has a destination and a point yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and it's I a think really well made document and I and I really like how he he speaks with like U.S. senators he speaks mm-hmm. with doctors and he speaks he, he, with Stan Lee he speaks with Stan he's yeah but then he also talks to and like he talks to uh, people that work on the Olympic committee and he, mm-hmm. he references like yeah. these 80s touchstones like Carl Lewis and you right. know like mm-hmm. it's like and you think to yourself, and this is what kind of took me by surprise, is that I knew that Olympic athletes were like treated like gold and like had a lot of mm-hmm. sponsorships and things. What I was not aware was the deep level of how how far that goes. Like, oh yeah, you can take, you know, and like, and and and. You can take steroids, but then everybody would take steroids. It's like, right. what? Like, no, they don't. They're Olympic athletes. Yeah. They're like the the ultimate you know what, you know what I found mm-hmm. really interesting about this is like, you know, we go from pumping iron. I don't want to talk too much about the connection. But I felt very comforted by the whole film, like in general. I, I don't know if you know what it means. So Are you talking about pumping iron? I'm talking about uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Okay. I felt very comforted by it because I think in the back of my head, I, I think I thought for years, it's like, oh, if only I did this better. Oh, if only I did that. Oh, if only I did this. I could be, I could look like that for whatever reason right when mm-hmm. and in going through this journey that chris bell takes you on it really kind of shows that oh 
a lot of people are doing this and this is right. how they get to that level. And so I felt less bad about not being, I'm not, I never really like <laughs> concertedly tried to be that level or anything, but like it, I felt a little release mm-hmm. from that. Here's, sure. what I, here's, here's what I thought about. Cause I think we're going to, I think we should just jump in and just talk about this movie rather than try to, the, to plot the course. What I thought was interesting about this was he talks about seeing these, uh, these men and their developed bodies and the stories they were telling. Mm-hmm. They were the heroes because, you know, they were, they were the biggest toughest yeah, guy. Exactly. They had physical strength because they had moral strength, which yeah. is the le- the lesson from Reagan's eighties. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. this inspired them to start working out and change their lives for the better, but that didn't lead at least the two other brothers, certainly not the oldest brother, to a place of happiness. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be like he was a jobber. He was on WF for a little bit, WWF for a little bit, got mm-hmm. cut loose. Mm-hmm. Married, had children, and that was never going to be enough for him unless he was going to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. Um, because he'd been sold on, like, this hero narrative. But, yeah. But it's also this... But it's also this idea that... I, I think that it's probably, like, if you are going to become a bodybuilder to, like, you can achieve anything, you have to have that positive mentality mm-hmm. that you can achieve these things, mm-hmm. and you never reach the point where you say, okay, that's enough, which I think Arnold Schwarzenegger did. He didn't see, like, being a seven-time Mr. Uh, Olympia as, he's like, I'm going to do this other thing. Yeah, he, this had is this, a he, had a, he had a set goal for what he wanted to achieve for this part of his life. Well, even then, he went back for number seven. He had he had the six in a row, which was, right. I imagine imagine an unprecedented mm-hmm. yeah. can't have been that old and then went on and had success in other things and then said you know what i'm gonna go to back and do that again it's, that was it's, fun it's part of his he actually had a map his master mm-hmm. plan the whole thing i said about you know yeah, 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 yeah. the white house mm-hmm. he's like he it was like i'm going to use this as a springboard i'm going to become the biggest you know movie star mm-hmm. and he was talking about this in like the 60s and like the early 70s like this is my goal mm-hmm. and so it was all about the end goal. But his other thing was like, I don't care who I step on or who I have to drive through. I'm mm. going to cultivate this about myself. And this is, and I'm, I'm going to use this, my body mm-hmm. as, as the springboard. And I think the, the one person and not just the bell brothers, the one person that gets to me is that guy that's living oh. in his car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next yeah. To the gym. Yeah. He's going to make it. How old was he? Like 45, 50, 50? 50. Yes. And he's, and he's living in his car next to the gym and thinks that he's going to, but that's, I, but oh, it's, it's also inspiring is yeah. that he thinks he can that he will he was it's that indomitable spirit it's mm-hmm. like if, if this was a story about Him. a guy no well I mean if this was a story about a guy in his 50s who was living in his car and trying to graduate college and had you know failed like 15 years in a row but kept going back to college to try to pass this would be oh what an inspiring story mm-hmm. this right. is right. fantastic wasn't that the pursuit of happiness probably yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, because it's a guy going to the gym that it's to be a movie star it's it seems absurd and i mm-hmm. guess that says something about me that it's like i don't you know i i i don't know what it, well, it, but it's i it, thought it was heartbreaking it is yeah. heartbreaking it is. Yeah. It can, it, well, it's, it's a lot of things thing. it's this weird thing it is heartbreaking like... because he didn't or he has not yet done well, it like, i don't but... think he's made it in the last five well, to ten years yeah <laughs> well like the brother who was in wwf for a while he it's not that he's undiscovered he was discovered and then they were like yeah it's enough of him yeah and he was in he was in a couple of short things I'm... and then he was done yeah and hollywood and... was done with him and but you don't go well that was it i put 20 years into that 
that, but you put another ten years in okay, and so then do a documentary where you show you off think your it's man. Just, all right, so do you think my thing is like, when do you say, man, cut your fucking losses, okay. all right? You've got to have a self-awareness well, where you're like, this is not happening. Maybe I think about becoming a personal trainer or, or you know. Tra- or teaching wrestling, teaching wrestling in a school. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about this, and I have thought about this because I'm in my 40s now. I just had another birthday, and I trained for theater arts, and I am probably never going to make a living doing theater or performance there. Maybe I'll write something that people like. And I can continue to do theater on a amateur and semi-professional level, but mm-hmm. I need to find other venues for happiness in my life. And it seems like these brothers, like the heartbreaking moment, like the, the story about the guy who was living in his van was, you know, was sad. The saddest part for me, the most unbelievably sad part for me, is when he's talking to his brother. His brother has moved to California to try and break into wrestling or mm-hmm. performing or whatever. And he's talking to him and says, how does your wife feel about this? And he says, well, I know she cries herself to sleep sometimes. Oh, oh God. Yeah. So but... Oh. And this is the other killer part. He talks about, he says something like that, and he goes, but I think I have a lot more to offer to the world. Yeah. Why he'll never be happy with just a good job and a good family. That he phrases this very selfish need in a charitable way. I'm going to give something to the world. Yeah. And it's like, just be selfish. And I think that's the amazing thing. And I think that's why I really respect Arnold in Pumping Iron is he's owning this. I am doing this for myself. I am not doing this because I want little American children, He, which he says later in Bigger, Stronger, Faster, that American children need to feel better about themselves. Right, this is right. the American way. It's like this these idea that these the two brothers have, younger and older, that they're not doing this for themselves. They're doing this for other people. Yeah. God. And the dad, the dad, presciently enough, when he's interviewing his dad, he's like, he goes, I, he's like, I don't think good things for him he's like i think he's gonna yeah. fucking die yeah. and like he's gonna screw his life over and and he said and mm-hmm. and chris says that to his brother he's like i'm worried that i'm worried that you're gonna lose your if you don't get this you're gonna lose your career and your wife and your life and it's crazy and that's what happens too and, and, that's, and that's exactly what happens so just so you guys know um the the older brother who wants to break into mad dog, mad mad dog, dog. who wants to break into that's my nickname. It's just kind of creepy to say. Mad Dog, uh, Mad Dog does uh, pass away. Actually, passed away the same year the movie was released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not part of the. Film. Yeah, the movie it's came not... out in January ish, and then he died in like December while yeah. he was in rehab. And so uh, there's that. There's the uh, and Smelly when he's talking about you know Smelly's the other brother who sets the record, and he mentions he's like, look at my mom and dad. They're like they super look happy. like they, they're super happy. They just look like they won the lottery. He just bench pressed like yeah. eight hundred pounds. Seven hundred and five. Seven hundred five pounds. Bench press seven hundred. When I was in high school, like if you could break two hundred, yeah. that was like enough to like get you up and like start smacking yourself in the face and like yeah. you know number one. But yeah, well even the denial but, and smelly where he was like, um, I agreed with my wife. After this, I'm quitting steroids. I'll probably be back on. Like, I'll probably still do yeah. it after they have he's gonna, to get his, to get his you know to be able to impregnate his wife. He's gonna take stuff. And then, like, the one guy's, like, his trainer's, like, oh, no, he's going to start taking he's it again. Start, yeah. Yeah. He's going to start doing it again. He's like, well, what if he goes, what if steroids get banned entirely? He's like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, street. Obviously, there are avenues for them to get them. You can go to Mexico yeah. and get steroids for your well, dog. He goes into them in detail. <sighs> yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. Now, what I thought And was, as a guy who's worked in a pharmacy for a decade, I've definitely seen guys who were juicing yeah. and just getting prescriptions for testosterone. 
because they would come up and be like, yeah, will, you're not having a hormonal problem. You're I will admit, I have... scary-looking person. I have taken steroids. I have had them prescribed to me when I had uh, poison ivy running up and down my leg. They yeah. me. They tried to give me, like, uh, creams and things to cure it, and uh, it was probably, like, cortisone, like, there was, like mm-hmm. the thing, yeah. too. But, but the doctor would give me steroids, boom, gone. Well, if you've ever had prednisone, that's a steroid. Mm-hmm. Well, so the if list, you've ever had, like, breathing The list they talk about... Like, here's here's an example right. of what steroids are. And they talk about birth control pills, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and just, like, stuff you've heard about. You're like, wow. And, like, now this is stuff that's, like, considered banned substances, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and then, like, the whole long list of, like, all the drugs and, like, what causes death and, like, steroids yeah. is way down on the list. So the so the theme of his family is one of the threads. The other one that I, that I, that I really want to talk about is, is using steroids cheating and are they dangerous? Which mm-hmm. takes up, like, a good third of the movie of mm-hmm. him talking to various mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And it seemed to me like most of the scientists and lawyers and doctors were like no this isn't there's nothing you know as long as you're getting scientific advice about how to use these they're Mm -hmm. perfectly safe and yeah everybody a lot of body but certainly almost all the bodybuilders he spoke to are you know using them and a lot of athletes are but there is this idea that this is wrong this is cheating this is that's immoral that's mm-hmm. the the reagan shit right yeah. there that's yeah. the after winners don't specials. use drugs winners don't use drugs and growing up everything and they and they address this mm-hmm. and that's why i think this movie really kind of kind of rung with me was like he's like okay we talk about roid rage and they mentioned mm-hmm. ben fucking Affleck like picking things up and like going and yeah. throwing barbell plates yeah, everywhere. Well, that, that's what I was getting back to earlier about what I was saying about uh, this is so freeing. It's like winners don't use drugs. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, yeah. they do. And so, oh, yeah. of course. Oh, I mean, yeah, except, they do. Oh, yeah. I can let like, go of that like, myth in my head yeah. and I don't have yeah. to carry it around. Well, anymore. Babe Ruth didn't. He was just a wife beating drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Cobb didn't, but he just shot people. Right. Babe Ruth I, don't think, I don't think Pete Rose did, but he's still banned for cheating. But well, the, yeah, yeah, but I mean, they, they they talk about it, like they talk to the fans, mm-hmm. and that was, and again, like revelatory moments. The fans are just like screaming, pounding down stadium mm-hmm. beers, and like, what do you think about doing steroids? Well, fuck steroids! I don't want my athletes doing steroids. Yeah, but you know, like, how many tickets did like the Seahawks sell, and how many tickets did these yeah. guys sell? Yeah, I mean, they, well, I mean, and the whole false. The whole false argument that is steroids in baseball, because the problem in baseball is not steroids, it's speed. Mm-hmm. And it has been since the 70s, mm-hmm. and they test for steroids and not speed. Like, they, I feel like steroids are a false flag operation I'm in really, baseball to distract people yeah, from Yeah, I'm really curious as to how that are done. steroids became the sort of... Uh, De facto well, it's evil. a bugaboo yeah. of, yeah. of drugs. And I get, I mean... Is it just because it touches on something that we want our... Like our athletes to be pure. In well, some it's way. also I think so, is the idea that you know you, yeah. you these abilities. Well, as they say, like I think President Bush says several times, God given abilities mm, yeah. that you are developing and honing well, through your. It's also this practice. false false idea in culture that steroids means you inject it and now you're really yeah, strong. Exactly. Sports, yeah. That's like which is obviously your cheating. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it, or Captain it's, America. It's a magic right, potion right. that makes. That lets you beat people who work out instead. But it obviously doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) Well, what they they were talking about, and then I mentioned before, Mm. they talk about like the 2,000 to 5,000 calories they have to eat. Mm -hmm. And then like the hours they have to spend daily with like maybe a rest day just to like, because we're going to talk about like when they, when they're, when you're lifting weights to build the muscle, your muscle tears. Mm -hmm. And then the recovery is what fills it in and starts getting it bigger. That's what steroids help. You're helping the recovery. You're not helping, like it doesn't like put it in and balloon you up automatically <sighs> Bane and that's mm-hmm. and that's why Bane came I, along for fuck's sake yeah exactly well I, I want to talk about like <laughs> this idea that cheating okay you it is possible to cheat at something there mm-hmm. is a basically you have a, an agreed upon set of rules mm-hmm. and if yeah. you go beyond that that is cheating so I don't have a problem with a, an agreed upon set of rules that like okay you cannot take this 
and and perform this. You can't use a corked bat. You can't sandpaper. You can't yeah. sandpaper. You can't run Spit out balls. onto the football field with a machete and just start whacking <laughs> off the players. You can't have a deflated ball. You could in the have XFL. A deflated ball. There is that was, a, you can't that didn't do well. spy on the other team's calls and fi- anticipate what they're mm, going to do. You can't hit somebody's right. knee with a crowbar. Well, that was the thing that pissed me off for a completely different reason because he said Tanya Harding and I had just watched a well, like a few months ago, watched a documentary about Tanya Harding. <laughs> <laughs> And it became pretty clear that she had nothing to do with, like, that she did not know until after the fact what was going on. Sure, sure. Um, was it her husband or ex? It was her husband. It's, it's a whole fucked up story. It's her husband, who was this psychologically abusive guy. That explains why she was allowed to Galuli. Galuli. And then, but it gets into this whole fascinating thing of, like, she didn't look like the ideal of what an ice skater should be like right. she was this short scraggly haired blonde girl who wasn't a nice anyway mm-hmm. but anyway so that just cheesed me off that, that Tanya Harding got that laid on her um, but this idea that sorry where we were talking about cheating like <laughs> that you can go beyond that so this idea that whoever is in charge of this has to answer to the audience and the audience doesn't want I think he he convinced me that steroids properly used are not dangerous to workouts, the, to the athletes that mm-hmm. they do them. Certainly in the same way that, like, speed is. Or I just right, watched a, docu- right. a documentary about the pitcher who pitched a no-hitter on LSD. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I love that story. <laughs> or alcohol. I, like, I mean, the heart... Oh, God. Well, there was the 1998 Olympics where, like, the, the Canadian who came in second in snowboarding tested positive for pot. Yeah. But he was allowed to keep his medal because they were like, that's not a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, like, it's gonna... If anything, it's why he didn't get the gold. And like I said... And I, and we could we could we could barrel back into, to the pro drug double bill. No, like I no, said, I, like there was I, on that Buzzfeed, they they smoke weed. Arnold smokes weed at the end of pumping iron. He does, yeah. and that's my favorite shot. Is him? He's having a big plate of chicken, smoking pot, laying on a couch. It was amazing. Making that, people sing to Lou for that his birthday. That was never that was never in. By the way, the network. Yeah. I remember when I watched it again. I was like, I was like, hey Josh, I don't remember some of these scenes. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well. You know, the pot smoking scene, the, the talking about, he goes, the pump is like calming. Calming, yeah. Talking <laughs> about like, he goes, he goes, and so like every time I look, ah, it's like calming. And, and I'm like, oh. knowing And knowing that other scenes in the documentary were manipulated, I have to wonder, like, if Arnold was thinking, not just speaking spontaneously, but thinking, this is going to get in the movie. Because if the movie wasn't necessarily about him, I'm wondering if he's thinking, I'm going to say all these things that they are going to have to put in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Which, they're so amazing. If anything, that says more about the, the culture than what they put in it. The yeah. fact that he knew how he was selling his brand. Yeah, he knew yeah, how he was story. putting together the Schwarzenegger brand yeah. so they wouldn't have to call him Arnold Strong when he made the, the movie. The story, the story about his dad dying is completely fabricated. He heard about it as an Olymp... Uh, he heard an Olympian yeah. told that story about oh. their father dying. So they're like, ah, they're yeah. like, hey... But the truth, the truth of the story is, as soon as his his uh, mom right. was like, "Your dad died," he flew home right away yeah. to be with his family. You know. So anyway, getting back to bigger, stronger, faster. Um, I you, think you were leading a thought. Oh, about, I'm sorry. I was yeah, talking about, about like this. The, the, yeah, you cheat to win. Uh, guess what? It, but it's, don't you, win to cheat. You, cheaters, <laughs> cheaters are punished fully ten percent of the time. If this they is are not caught. like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Usually yeah, like within five. Hours. Hours. That was yeah. Or yeah. like the woman who literally, like the story they brought up, the woman who literally like ran out and won the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. at the last. I mean, they are competing. And like like Brian said, you don't just inject this and the next day, it's not like Spider-Man wakes up and he's got the sixth right, rack right. of abs. You have to do this as part of a workout routine. Right, yeah. But at the same time, you it, it is possible. I mean, they compare this to... Um, 
you know, uh, uh, musicians taking beta blockers so that they don't feel anxiety, which I feel is more of a mental health issue. That, yeah, that was that was a bit of a stretch. But yeah, Tiger Woods yeah. getting laser eye surgery so that his eyes are better than perfect. Right. It's mm. it's what is it's fascinating to me, and that we're still dealing with the fallout of the Reagan eighties. That drugs mm. are the problem, and and again, and maybe this is. Now I want to take this back. This is the most. Well, this was one of the most heartbreaking moments is when he's talking to the dad who campaigns against steroids because his son died. Mm -hmm. right. And there's some and there's some implication that maybe it was SSRIs, which I take an SSRI. And one of the side effects can be that they increase your depression and give you suicidal thoughts. Or maybe it's the fact that he had a condition that caused him to need SSRIs. Right. Which maybe they weren't treating fully. Exactly. So, but the maybe dad... eight things put together. The dad wants to campaign... Steroids are going to be the campaign that is going to give his son's death meaning in mm -hmm. his life. Yeah. And he says to him, well, what about alcohol and tobacco, which kill so many more people? And the dad's response is, those are legal. You, you've missed the point. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't You feel so bad arguing with this guy because yeah. his son is dead. But at the same time, he's trying to influence policy and maybe not make things great. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. well, that's, uh, that's I go in my son's room. Yeah. You know, nothing has changed in this room. It's yeah. like, uh -huh. did he say that? Because his room sure seems like a museum to uh, Little League. That's his power, though, from an argumentative standpoint. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, that's, uh, and it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to refute that. Speaking of, emotion, speaking of cultivating, right. uh, cultivating right. a personality, <laughs> that man has cultivated and created based on his belief. Like, that steroids are the problem. Steroids yeah. killed my son. You will not dissuade me any other way because this is the power I'm wielding. Yeah. And if you come back to me, I'll be like, my son is dead. Mm -hmm. Well, he talked about, I mean, and one of the things that Chris Bell, it was Bell, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was awesome. Yeah. He talked to, like, the scientists and, like, most of them were like, there's no evidence that this is harmful. We can't do the test because the tests are banned. And then he speaks to another scientist who, or I, I don't know if it was a doctor, who says any test that we would do would be immoral. Yeah. And which seems crazy to me that, like, well, you could build this up with animals and then build up to human tests, yeah. which is how that, it happens. That, as somebody who works in research, me, that, yeah. is that is flatly right. wrong. Well, let me, let me go at it from a pharmaceutical view that um, we don't have a lot of data on medical mm. medications effects on babies and especially... Um, through breast milk mm. because in order to do a double blind study where we see if this is going to screw oh, up a baby oh, we're risking screwing up babies yeah. so he he's probably taking the reasonable thing of like we don't know what the effect is on 12 year old boys mm. because in order to do okay. studies we'd have to screw up a bunch of 12 -year -olds. well the nih does put restrictions on anybody under 18 right exactly and that's where the real danger is because adults i mean if you're 19 and want to do something that's objectively yeah. stupid, as long as it's not flatly illegal, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. But you we can are, write a yeah. shopping cart off But any roof. kind of research you do is going to be reviewed by somebody. Yeah. It's not going to just go out into a vacuum. I'm not going to do a startup. Just yeah, I'm just saying that, like, here. where we need the but research is on the the, what, the people who still haven't fully gone through puberty, where but, their bodies are a stew of nonsense already. What you can do is create a complete line of horseshit pills uh, that are placebos that, and that put a was, bunch of completely ripped people and give them a name like Supermax Extra Penis Jam 1000. That and was, it's completely I, that, that was, was the best right, part. My uplifting. Yeah. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Um, and this gets, once again, again, this is a really great documentary that covers a lot of topics, but it's yeah. easy to follow. But so, that was, that was a brilliant, like, yeah. that's a Thanks Michael Moore Hatch. Yeah, Moore exactly. at his So peak. I told you that in the seventies, my mom, uh, did the Dexter trim thing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the first, the first dumbbell set that I remember picking up was my dad's old K Orbitron, mm -hmm. which was like the, the cement covered in plastic crap, you know? Oh Yeah. 
I so I started doing curls. That was like the one thing I remember how to do and all, all that other stuff. But then when I got into it, my mom was very encouraging. And so Nutrition World and GNC, uh, I went through. I mean, I was outside of the stuff that was locked. You know, the oh, stuff I, that they they mm -hmm. keep in boxes that mm -hmm. they ship in that are like you have to be eighteen to open up and like we'll go in the back and get it. I, uh, you name it, hydroxycut, yeah. um, muscle, that. and all, all this shit, I, I would take it in. And like the, the mega mass, by the way, it does yeah. add mass because yep. it's sugar. Yep. And mm -hmm. so like that was mm -hmm. my little weight gain when I was it's 18. It's dextrose, thank you. Yeah. 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 Trum, for trum, for trum. So, mass is easy. Yeah. So, so like I went through all this, I'd go to banks downtown in downtown mm -hmm. when they'd have like their big, like, oh, fell off the back of a van. So we'd collect all that shit. <laughs> even, and now even more recently, At I would keep... I would keep like uh, B12 uh, and dropper because vitamin B12 is stuff mm. that like you cannot replenish naturally in your body. You have to get a shot mm. or mm. take it sublingually, the pills and what goes in your so yeah. So we take to your urine. yeah. So I take you know I take a multivitamin, but I used to take NO2, which was a recovery aid and nitrous oxide. No, it was it was called it was it was a nitric it was a nitric recovery piece and okay. it was called NO2. And it was one of the more expensive ones. Nice and That's after amazing. I saw this, and I remember after I watched that, and I and I knew part of it in the back mm -hmm. of my head. I knew all about like the spraying yeah. Pam on yourself and like getting a good pump and like yeah. being in flattering light, so you like the picture looks sure. good. Like yeah. stick your stomach out and look sad. Yeah, yeah, that was, this, yeah. The before and after. It's I black and white. I tore my GNC card. I'm like fuck yeah. that. That's <clears> ridiculous. <throat> I don't need. I don't need any of these. I used to take ginseng. I used to take. Oh, yeah. Nicopaloba. Yeah. That all goes straight through to your urine. It's, it, it, but it's not <laughs> regulated. That's the other thing. And these oh, guys it's are terrifying. like the, 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 the undocumented guy who was like, hey, you work in a pharmacy. Yes. Tell us yeah. about it. Here's the best thing. If you take an SSRI with St. John's Wort, you can develop a permanent heart murmur. Permanent heart murmur. Right. St. John's Wort completely unregulated. The fun part is... It's natural. They, it's it, a wart. The, the, <laughs> it's true. And maybe a bunch of other things. Yeah, be very careful. But the, the fun part is if you get a bottle of pills... There is nobody even regulating that the amount that the – if it says it has 200 milligrams of whatever the fuck, it, there's no even, not even any guarantee that all those pills have that in it because right. nobody's testing them. It could have 200. <sighs> this next one could have 400. The next one could be freaking empty. There's nobody checking them. Right. I mean, we're talking about the caplets, right? The ones that are like put together like anything. Anything. Yeah. See, I, I, I get – I get a multivitamin because uh, I remember a long time ago I watched a documentary that this guy was like, he goes, somebody was like, should you take multivitamins? Like, if you get a well-rounded diet, if you're getting all the food oh, groups, yeah. mm -hmm. you're fine. He goes, it's like putting... It's like, it's like putting jet fuel in a pinto. It's it's mm. useless. Don't worry about it. Really, that. unless your doctor says to do something, right. you shouldn't do it. But the multivitamin... <laughs> unless apparently you're a woman, in which case you should never drink and always take a multivitamin. Oh, shit, man. I want you to go get a multivitamin at Target. So the pill form now is like... There's like one bottle uh -huh. of actual multivitamins that you have to take and drink water with. Mm. The rest are fucking gummies. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gummies. Yeah, why not? And because what? Chewable calcium against gummies. Yeah, here's the two. Here's <laughs> and, it goes, and this is the ridiculous thing. It goes back to my health class. And he's like, he goes, he's like, we talk about like pill popping and the dangers of like taking over, you know, overdoing drugs. He's like, look at Flintstone vitamins. They look like Smarties. They taste like Smarties, yeah. and they mm -hmm. make make them palatable. He goes, well, what's to stop a kid from like just popping them like they are Smarties? Yeah. He goes, Nyquil. Nyquil is great for putting you to bed. It comes with its own little shot glass. How yeah. convenient is that? And they're like, it's for measuring. He's like, right. 
for measuring. I have a great story about this. Uh, about, it was actually almost exactly a year ago because it came up on Facebook Memories. Um, <laughs> Sharon was <laughs> super shit, sick. Shick. She was super sick. She super shit faced whatever, on Whatever. Well, here, you, you laugh. <laughs> she had like uh, whatever the Martian death flu was right then. She could not get, to, like, she would cough and wake herself up. She mm-hmm. could not mm-hmm. sleep through the mm-hmm. night. So I went to uh, Walgreens trying to find the best thing for her. Uh, I was trying to find her, like, some cough medicine. I was trying to get her, like, the good stuff that puts you out forever, like NyQuil no longer mm-hmm. does. So I found they had a, a syrup that was the only behind-the-counter syrup that had to get the little card. So I went to get it. I was like, oh, this is the shit. Mm-hmm. So I go and get this for her, and they go and bring it to me. And it says at the bottom, you know, it's like, da 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 At the bottom it says, contents, 10% alcohol by volume. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm laughing up at this. So I take a picture and send her. It's like, I'm getting you the good stuff. I look over on the back and I'm reading the instructions and it's like, do not take if you are taking this medication. Do not, it's like, do not, da 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 da, do not use medication, da 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 da, but I'm, do not use to make a child sleepy. I take, I take a photo of that and put it up on the internet. And one of my friends who has children replies, that's code for this will put your child to sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's the equivalent of uh, what they used to do when we were kids. They put brandy in milk bottles. They used to put uh-huh. Well, okay. Anyway, sorry. Pharmacy talk again. Sorry. The alcohol in a lot of things is actually has a good purpose, which is that you have, <laughs> you, well, you, you have two ingredients that don't mix. Yeah. So you basically have a medicine that's salad dressing that you sure. have to shake up a bunch that's and it tastes like crap. Work. Right. Uh, so you put the alcohol in because alcohol makes these two things mix. Move, they probably put cherries. a little too much in because people like alcohol. Yeah, okay. I, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, so anyway, like so Sharon only took it once because she said it gave her fucked up dreams. So well, that's yeah. what NyQuil does for me. It just makes it doesn't, me they, balls. they changed the recipe of NyQuil so that they wouldn't have to put it behind the counter. No hmm. shit. It doesn't have the good shit in it anymore. Well, they had to take out the pseudoephedrine. Yeah, the pseudoephedrine. Yeah. That's oh. what put it back there. Ah, you want fun, though. If you drive to Wisconsin, uh-huh. you can get promethazine with codeine in it over the counter. Oh. It's behind the counter with the Sudafed stuff, Amazing. but you can just get a little. Yeah. You just don't have which to makes like all it. the people who jump the counter All these great score. tips. I remember, I remember well, when I went to... We, that story gets you, passed around every time somebody jumps the counter at my store to steal the promethazine codeine, because that's purple drink. I went to... Oh, Whenever yeah. they do, it's like, why didn't they just drive a half hour east I went to um, I went to Hong Kong, and I was like looking up a, a list of things. Things to do in Hong Kong, and one of them was like buy codeine too because that's where they saw but they don't sell it at any of the tourists at like any of the area where the tourists stay you have to like I could not find it anywhere because yeah. I actually had a cold I was trying to get rid of it I was like where's the fucking codeine too they don't sell this in America anymore uh, yeah. Yeah. what were we talking about drugs are bad and you should not take drugs but yeah I mean and he brings yeah. up at the end we are a drug nation ask your doctor if you want to take this pill no, direct pill. marketing farmies, farmies. direct marketing to patients by drugs is the worst thing that's happened in the pharmaceutical industry mm. in 20 years easily yeah easily that's just the Somebody worst was... god now everybody knows the names of everything and they're getting it even if they don't need it because they've been told they might yeah they talk, mm-hmm. and I think he covers it he just did another documentary called uh, Prescription Thugs that is just like just came out last year. Oh, like, yeah. I'm anxious to see. But yeah, he talks about like we don't have a problem taking drugs for any problem. And again, I take an antidepressant and I'm really glad I do because mm-hmm. I feel much better when I'm taking this antidepressant than when I'm awake at two o'clock in the morning feeling anxiety over an email that I could easily send. Um, but yeah. but we do. We are a drug nation. But 
only for us, not for our heroes who mm-hmm. have to be mm-hmm. the action figure movie stars. <laughs> Speaking of, we were talking about Captain America uh, in the 80s, of course. Uh, Cap- they did a comic book, a Captain America anti-drug comic book. Oh, God. Which somebody posted with a lot of helpful commentary is like, is like I use you know I use my strength to 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 fight against injustice and the commentary was thanks to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the there was a a, a Spider Man one that yeah. where basically he was trying to save a buddy who like emulated his favorite rapper oh, and right. his, he goes he goes they he even bought the same kind of bowl the guy uses and they're like is it a glass piece or is it a metal piece? <laughs> well, we would go to the, we would go to the arcade as kids uh, in high school and my my best friend he's a jazz musician. Code and yeah. you know he'd just show up power stones like hey Michael and we'd play gauntlet for an hour but you know before mm-hmm. the game would start like the little like the little like yeah. seal would come up and it said winners don't use drugs and he would just look he looked at me he was like Michael I'm here to tell you winners do occasionally <laughs> use drugs well, my, buddy Kirk, my buddy Kirk Kiner had the best joke like he in one of his many stories that he wrote it was like you finish the game you like playing Pac Man the ghost eats you. Game over. Winners don't use drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. So, yeah. And I know it's like in the, the, Sam Kinison's old bit, Rock Against Drugs. Rock Against Drugs. <laughs> if you are against drugs, take every rock album you own and burn them. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I coming coming into recently. I think that as as the, there's still people getting demonized uh, about and I, this was even was it right before Lance Armstrong the mm. big debacle with Lance Armstrong? Well, yeah, because uh, 2008 and well, there's stuff about Peyton Manning right now, isn't yeah. there? Uh, well, but that's human growth hormone. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, and you know, Stallone gets busted because you know you look at the movie Rocky in 2006. Mm-hmm. Guy's 60 years old. Yeah. Does Expendables movies still built like a fucking champ? Yeah. You know, yeah, but how work. is he having to import stuff illegally? Why doesn't he have like a Personal doctor, right, 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 right. Well, like he likes Michael Jackson. Well, that was when he was. That was in the story when he went to Australia. He was probably carrying it with him, and they busted him for importing uh, yeah. it. Mm. But you know, um, even <laughs> Danny Bonaducci, that showed that mm. man. That man like was on a, a TV show, a VH1 mm. show, and they were documenting his life mm. and. They're like, what do you think about steroids? And, you know, it's Bonaducci. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the no part. filter. And so, but he's, like, sitting there walking around. He's like, he goes, oh, you know, steroids are fine. Like, the next scene shows him, like, ah. He's like, yeah, yeah. And the caption was, he looks like an aging stripper, you know. <laughs> but he, he juiced up because he didn't see anything wrong with it. I'm pretty sure uh, they were saying that Mickey Rourke tried to do it just because he wanted to get in character for the wrestler. Oh, sure. yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, the, I mean, you, you talk about guys and they do, like, Speaking of like fat to skinny and rip mm-hmm. shape, Chris Pratt, you know, oh, yeah, career, man makes a career out of being like a schlub yeah. on on uh, Parks and, and Rec. Six months later, and they, his joke was, they're like, you know, how long did it take you? And he's like, how did you do it? He's like, well, they were offering me four million dollars for this movie, mm-hmm. and I wanted four million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and I went from seven hundred pounds to three hundred eighty nine, three hundred ninety pounds, <laughs> and they're like, no, and he he was he goes, yeah, dude, he goes, I had to fucking bust my ass for about three hours a day for six months just to get for a five second scene where I'm showing with my shirt off yeah. and that's that's the serious mm-hmm. nature of what they're going through and yeah for four million dollars oh, yeah. who knows they're probably oh, getting yeah. slipped something like do you want to take something to maybe that's an amazing incentive like, yeah. why would well you especially if he's right. got a doctor a Beverly Hills doctor yeah. who say you okay you're damaging yourself you need these steroids to 
to help you. And there's actors mm-hmm. who, but, who, who lose a shit ton of weight, like yeah. Christian Bale did it for The Machinist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Damon still tells a story about when he was in Courage Under Fire right mm-hmm. after, right before he did Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. And Courage Under Fire, he had looked like a guy who had PTSD who gets interviewed yeah. by Denzel Washington. He goes, I lost a ton of weight and I yeah. fucked up my pituitary. Yeah. And well, yeah. I, well, Tom Hanks has diabetes. I mean, and he's done a lot of weight. He did that weight fluctuation for uh, Castaway. Uh, Castaway. Yeah. Castaway. And, yeah. yeah, Raging Bull, everyone makes a big deal of De Niro gaining all that weight for the mm-hmm. end, but Pesci had to lose it. So yeah. mm-hmm. he had to drop from normal-looking guy down to old and skeletal. Mm-hmm. On the on the whole, I think I'd, I'd rather be the guy that did Slurpees of Ben and Jerry's to, <laughs> to, to gain weight for a role. Well, then he had to lose it again to, you know... Get oh, fuck, yeah. Dude, Stallone did that for Copland. He yeah. was talking about, oh, like, yeah, he, yeah. He, get, he got a heart murmur and, yeah. like, you know, he to play a fat cop and he goes, mm-hmm. oh, that was my open-heart surgery. I had to go in afterwards and... He's like, normally I'm not this fat. So. Yeah, I want. I want to let's let's go back to to bigger, stronger, faster. Because nah. I, I I think he I, I don't know that he answered his his central question, which that I think he 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 convinced me that that steroids are probably not as dangerous as I thought they were. That you mm-hmm. know we certainly have been bamboozled by our government and you know about you know certainly by sports about mm-hmm. how uh, yeah. how they're used. But I don't think he answers his own question about are steroids okay. For him to take, or is it okay in his family? Because his parents are aghast. Yeah, his mother especially. Out. That whole yeah. scene, and to find out, oh, yeah. and to find out that her brother was the one who started giving her some oh, yeah. steroids. And yeah. I'm wondering that, like, and she has a very strong moral base. She talks about your body as a temple, and God gave you this body, and you should. Everything need. you need to know is in this book. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's just, and it, they seem Someone like slip a pro. And his parents are completely. are overweight, but they seem like sat- satisfied. I guess is what is missing from. Hmm. Mm-hmm. From the lives of of the you know the other two brothers, and it's just especially the older one. I mean, the other the the younger brother is you know teaching football, and yeah, he's powerlifting. But I don't. Here's what I guess I don't get, and I mean I understand that if you are driven to do this and to make this your uh, your vocation or your hobby or whatever you want to call the bodybuilding when you reach this level, is what is the point i mean it's like Mm -hmm. if you're going to you know if you're going to go into sports like if you're going to like try to become the fastest runner i mean you can compete and and i guess yeah it is a a competition but you're becoming strong but not so you can lift things you're becoming strong so that you look at this look like this idealized sort of body Mm -hmm. what's this weird whenever you're outside of and i guess maybe it's maybe it's this male thing that i don't understand why you i you you want to look good but Mm -hmm. i don't need to look perfect yeah well well when i don't put value in that yeah i think of the job progression if there exists one for a person who's bodybuilding you know you get jacked up Mm -hmm. you go into competitions you do that for a while you become a model for other people to go and do it yourself Mm -hmm. you open your own gym People go okay. to those gyms. I think we saw that tangentially yeah. a little bit in like well, Mike, I mean, well, whenever, whenever, but I don't think that's sustainable in right. any kind well, of manner. Whenever you're outside of something, it's it's easier to look at it and go, "That's stupid." But mm. when you're inside of it, there's really only two paths available to that, which is the successful path where you you become Mr. Mm-hmm. Universe, Mr. Whoever, Mr. Olympia, and actually get money oh. for it, and King of the Mountain. And then, like they went into in Pumping Iron from the peak. You're, you either fight like hell to stay in the exact same place or you go down. There's no mm-hmm. other way. Yeah, and if you don't make that peak, then you just have that guy living in a van thing where it's the law of diminishing returns. Is that a problem for all sports? For everything. Probably. Uh, I mean, you have guys that are... Not just sports. Well, like, everybody well, yeah, in LA is trying to be a movie star. Me. 
Um, I feel it's especially people exacerbated who are, people in who are living, people who are living in Hollywood who are going to you know yeah. have been extras for sixty years and are and they yeah, keep it, spending it, money on oh fuck well it's spending money Scientology, on in Scientology and, too I've heard this described as the big problem is once you spend a hundred thousand dollars on Scientology and you learn the secrets and the truths about it you don't go oh this is bullshit I just wasted a hundred thousand dollars at that point you have to believe it or else you're a hundred thousand dollar more and this is you know what I just discovered my own personal blind spot here is that Mike was talking in interview before about like this is a sport this is a competition and I guess I have I did not see it that way in the same way that like the decathlon is a sport or right. like anything is a sport I don't see even picking up a big rock you picking can up a big rock how big the rock is this is yeah. a throwback to a joke we were talking about uh, during the intermission right, anything and yeah it's, it's, yeah it's and I guess it is, you know, self-improvement, but is, but it's, yeah. It, it's figure skating versus speed skating. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I see it as, and maybe this is, again, maybe this is my male sexism, as I see that it is men who are concerned about their appearance, and I don't see that as And as you're talking about, value. and he talks about, again, yeah. Schwarzenegger mentions that, you know, again, it's not about the pursuit of narcissism, mm -hmm. it's about, it's almost a form of, he considers it not just a sport, mm -hmm. but art. Yeah. He's like, much like a sculpture yeah. will, like, add clay, he's like, I look at my body, and I think... Okay, so my deltoid needs here, so yeah. I can have that sort of symmetry. So when I compete and I go out there, they're not just seeing my, yeah. you know my personality. Where I'm, I am fucking Arnold. Had, but you know, look at but look how he was trying to coach Louis in that first one. He's like, he goes, you look at your arms, Louis, and you're like, bam, and there you go. And and but he even goes out there and he's just like da 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 Palooka. He had more personality as a Hulk, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when he yeah. was like. Arr! But this is this is the point being is like the steroids are making our athletes more enjoyable to watch. The steroids yeah. are making our Olympians more f like the the Americans winning. Right. We're be we're still beating the commies, you know. Yeah. The the steroids are making the average Joe just a little bit better, maybe feeling a little bit better at the end yeah. of the day, you know. Mm -hmm. the, the the preconceptions that we had that if you're a guy, you're gonna get the raisin nuts, mm -hmm. you're gonna get gynecomastia, the bitch tits. Um, you're gonna be super aggressive. You're gonna be rage, right? Or if you're right. a woman, you're gonna grow a penis out yeah. of your clitoris mm -hmm. magically. Yeah. And you know, they talked. They they interviewed the woman. They're like, you know, you, she's like, yeah. I have to do electrolysis. I've got to get all that stuff shaved yeah. away. I mean, that's all there. But the the idea is like, and I think that's where you said it was like mm. it meandered. Yeah. It's not like, well, is that bad or good? You know, but for this lady, she's effect. like, it's what it is. Well, this is the thing, and you know what? I'm going to turn this right back around on myself because one of the things that always drove me crazy is when female bodybuilders say, oh, you don't look like a woman. It's like, well, what the hell with you? She can look however she wants. But I have this colossal blind spot around my own gender that mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. looking like looking like a statue is not something that you should want. And that's... So, and, and again, gallant, so shame on me. Well, they're way past statues. Yeah, and exactly. I'm, well, uh, yeah, well, you know, like I was talking to... You should look like an action figure. Right. As, he, as they point out in another scene, here's right. what G.I. Joe looked like actually straight down to the smooth crotch. and now it's like a simon bisley drawing where you're like completely you know roided out and i loved i loved the guy who said in america we have a winking admiration for steroids because we'll keep saying things like this suv is like a minivan on steroids yeah. i was like holy shit you're right yeah <laughs> that's also just lazy metaphors well it is it but is. i mean it's you know it's I an have, easy. It's an easy heuristic. Yeah. You were gonna say sorry. Uh, I was sorry. gonna say like uh, uh, it's all right. I, good discussion is good, mm. man. It's mm. on. This is a discussion on steroids. Uh, we were watching. We're all on steroids. Is that all on steroids? Do I hit him? Is it? it was Do I hit him with my roid rage? Uh, when we were watching Pumping Iron, Tess was here and like she couldn't take like looking at the men. She had to mm. leave because she, sure. it was so disturbing because she was so turned on. 
I don't think that was it. Okay. But like, I, maybe it goes to that sort of like mm-hmm. the sexism thing you were talking about mm-hmm. in terms of like, we can't imagine men doing this to themselves. And well, it just doesn't. Well, the guy something... who, the, the guy who had overdeveloped his, like he wanted the largest biceps at any that cost. Palooka. Yeah. And, and he and just sat was... there like, well, he, he well, even I said mean... though, like he acknowledged that. And I gave him a lot of respect for like saying, do yeah. you think I want to look like this yeah. necessarily? And I, I think want, that I speaks want, to... I want to be a guy with a big shoulders and a small waist and everything. Okay, yeah. here's the thing I want to talk about is like, okay, we talk about the addictiveness of, of drugs. I think that what we see in these movies is that some of these people, some of these bodybuilders have addictive personalities. That mm-hmm. this is what they, mm-hmm. rather than shooting up uh, with heroin, they have decided to focus their addiction into improving their bodies to a to whatever degree. And I think what we see in Schwarzenegger is that, yeah, he's going to use this and he has the personality that he is going to become the best of the best. But his body is not is not the fo- like they talk about oh man look at him he's you know what is he 70 60 70 now he doesn't look like he used to look well no shit <laughs> you would not you know he's he's been the governor of california no. if you he doesn't need to look like a body but you know my like, I, as I, you I, as you explain it i feel like i've been hoodwinked by arnold for the whole my whole yeah. life and i think uh, because he made us concentrate on his body yeah. when he was actually doing these this stuff over no here. he was playing a mind game with yeah, but, it was but like the older brother has this addictive personality yeah. Where it wasn't, yeah. yeah, where it was the same thing, where he thought he was going to get the fame. And so, but if he works on his body more, he can get the fame. He just needs to keep working on his body. Yeah. And that's the addiction. That's, maybe fame is his addiction, not steroids. Mm-hmm. Well, incidentally, exercise, you need to, if you ever watch a Schwarzenegger movie, mm-hmm. like, and watch, say, for example, Terminator 3, right? I'm not going to watch yeah. that. <laughs> don't, don't worry Wise about it. Choice. Watch it with the commentary because I was telling these guys before oh, that... Oh, yeah. He he is, commentary. Yeah. He, he's, he's like, people would say to me, like, oh, the, you know, the first movie came out 20 years ago. Can you... But I had to lift the waist and wait, but that see that... And then you see that girl over there with the breasts. He's like... He is clearly... It's like listening to... It's like listening to the Star Trek cast like they have no memory of any of these episodes. It's not that he's forgotten. It's not that he's lost. He just doesn't fucking care. There's a point and I, I, if this is wrong, nobody tell me because I don't want to know. Somebody told me there's a point in the Conan the Barbarian commentary where he and John Milius are sitting there, and he goes, "We should, we should have made another one of these." And John Milius goes, "We did. You were in it." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's just—I mean—and he comes across as this amazing, and he is, you know. And and the brother in the second movie like wants to confront him about the fact that he admitted using steroids, and then when he became a politician, he's like, "Drugs are bad." You know, he married into the Kennedy family for God's sake, and said, "Drugs right. are bad. Don't do drugs. We're gonna work out. It's all for the children." He's essentially doing the whole Hogan shtick. And then when he goes eventually to a photo op to sort of, you know, ask him, do you have anything? He doesn't. He doesn't. He, like, grasps hands with mm-hmm. it because it's this huge moment from yeah. his childhood. Well, he also mentions, and he, he sets it up really weird. You're yeah. like, this is how politicians. The yeah. handler looks at him. Yeah. The handler is like, come over here. Yeah. And then he's like, go shake hands with this guy, yeah. clearly. And before he can, he's just like, I'm starstruck. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I put, you know, like, he's like, we did the pose. The, the predator pose, or yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, he is large. Yeah. So, 
Uh, is that all we have to say? About I, you know, movies? I'm I'm sorry. I could oh, probably, probably ramble. Not, yeah. I could probably ramble for a good goodly amount. I really of time. appreciate. I just want to. I want to say one thing about the bodies before we before we wrap up because I'm I'm not an exerciser, but I am a massage therapist. So I studied anatomy. I, I'm very fascinated with the human you, body. And can you kill connected. somebody with a nerve punch? Uh, can you make their brains explode? I could kill people other ways. <laughs> uh, Did you spend time in the forest? I can yeah. screw up your back with a nerve punch, but um. So watching bodybuilders' bodies is this weird, like, it's like watching a science video where they expand out a portion of the body so you can sure. watch it in intricate detail, only you're seeing it from a camera that's 30 feet away, where you can actually see individual muscle fibers rippling under the skin. Mm -hmm. So on the one sense, it's fascinating. On the other sense, it ends up in this weird uncanny valley area, especially when mm. you have things like those overdeveloped biceps, where it's recognizably human, but something's off, and my brain just rebels against it. Like that? No, that's wrong. No, his head should not be the same size as his biceps. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I remember that one of the scenes that also and pumping iron that stuck with me was when he went to the prison. Like that was his giving back the community. Oh, right. And but the, those guys are clapping for him. Yeah. You know, he's posing, just mm -hmm. doing some basic stuff. And uh, the one guy's like, "Man, has got a beautiful body." He goes, "Not every day you see a guy who's got arms that are 23 inches. Mm -hmm. 23 inches." Mm -hmm. And with that, uh, you mentioned earlier, you asked me about the bodybuilding culture. And I, mm -hmm. when I talked to some other buddies, they were just like, hey, man, do you know how much pain they wake up in mm -hmm. every single day? You know, we talk about these guys. Well, it's really like, bad for your back to sleep on piles of money and women. <laughs> well, no, I'm also thinking about even like professional athletes that are like taking the methamphetamines who are mm -hmm. probably training to stay in shape. But that I read a very recently, I read about Joe Montana, who's going to be doing the coin toss tomorrow. Oh, God. Yeah. That poor fucking bastard. Joe Montana, who was like the, the best thing about watching football was like that yeah. man being perfect. And he's like, he goes, yeah, I can barely walk up and down the driveway. And yeah, he goes, maybe it was concussions. Well, I was just. Wink, wink. I was just listening to a program today that they were talking about concussions and uh, mm -hmm. stuff focused around them mm -hmm. and just like, you know, uh, people who play games today could beat uh, a team 40 years ago mm -hmm. hand over fist because their bodies are so much more force involved today yeah. mm -hmm. that they're just beating themselves up, the joints, the head, oh, etc. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And there was one really quick thing I wanted to mention mm. about Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and it has to do Lyle Alzado. They talk about him very oh, yeah. briefly. When I was a kid, Lyle Alzado, uh, besides being like a terrifying person on the field when yeah. he played for the Steelers, uh, in one of those bodybuilding magazines, right before he came out with the bandana saying, mm -hmm. steroids did this to me, I've got mm -hmm. brain cancer, which they said was a crock of shit. You have right. brain cancer because you have brain cancer. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. But he was trying to make a comeback at like 43. Mm -hmm. And he was like, one of the things I think about now as a guy in my 40s, um, and as a guy who, who still lifts weights, who still runs, who is still in karate, and, and tries to live an active mm -hmm. lifestyle, that's my, my mm -hmm. bag. Uh, but I like wine too much to give up the sugars. <laughs> but the uh, the thing is, is that uh, he mentioned something I, that I carry in my brain is that the stipulation that people put on aging in terms of, of lifting weights. I think that in general, and this is my soapbox, I think everybody could stand to be in some form or another active. And I think mm -hmm. Arnold in this was an, a really interesting forerunner to read about that and, mm -hmm. and to say that, you know what else you need to do? You need to be able to pick up a weight now and then mm -hmm. because the only way you're going to get the stuff that 
that's around your back that's maybe twinging or your shoulders, your neck that's hurting, is to stretch out, get some blood pumping through your veins, and then start building stuff up around that. Not like walking so that your lats are too big that you can't put your arms down, mm -hmm. but you know, like well, yeah, lift the weight so that you can do things practically. Do things for like your wrist curls so that you sure. don't have like carpal tunnel. You know, do calf raises, do like leg extensions so that the stuff, so your knees don't get all fucked up. That's, I think, mm -hmm. all things that are part and parcel about having a healthy and having longevity. And as I have dealt with a dad who had heart disease and a mom who was, you know, in, you know, treatment for cancer that mm -hmm. you find out things like, you know what, fucking your body up when you have cancer, a lot of it is like the subcutaneous fat that surrounds your internal organs. Mm -hmm. You know how you get rid of that? You fucking watch what you eat and you keep moving. You try to keep your weight down. Mm -hmm. Extraneous mm -hmm. superfluous factors aside that can come out of nowhere, sure. But at the same time, the things you can control and what this man was able to control about himself yeah. was controlling your body and what goes into it and how you treat it. Motherfucker still had like have open heart surgery, but still, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, um, did you guys like these? I mean, I'm really appreciating the impetus. Absolutely. Yeah. I really appreciated them. I liked how it paired up in terms of I felt bigger, stronger, faster, totally deconstructed uh, pumping iron in mm -hmm. certain ways. And I really liked that dichotomy that was going on. Oh, I yeah. really, I, I'm so happy you, you suggested I watch uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster yeah. because I was like, this choice. is... This is really insightful, and he doesn't have all the answers, and mm -hmm. he's okay with that. Yeah. yeah, and he's clearly got an agenda, but it's not like sure. a Michael Moore style agenda where it's yeah, well, just... Yeah, it was about him. It was about him and yeah. his exploration. Yeah, yeah it was That's also... The, that was the impetuous yeah. it, It's always hard to tell with a... Uh, propaganda film and all documentaries of propaganda sure. is you know whether all the uncertainty about steroids is because of the uncertainty or because he's uncertain so that's the viewpoints he presents the oh, senator that kept asking uh, his like, questions oh, did you see Bernie? Oh, oh. did you see Bernie? he goes, he goes uh, he's like <laughs> that, hey hey it, did you... this, that was fine for me because this was legislation he sponsored 20 years ago for crying out what, did, yeah, what happened exactly. to the appropriations fund that was passed 20 years ago <laughs> right. yeah, do you I care? don't fucking know <laughs> <laughs> I want to say one last thing I thought the one question I thought was really that was unanswered. I was always thinking about this because they were talking about how inspired they were by these guys in these movies, but it just inspired them to improve their bodies. It didn't say inspire them to become police officers or go into the army or be of service to other people. Right. It was I want people. I want to change how people see me or mm -hmm. chop off locals people's head with a big broadsword. Well, exactly, so, you or know, you know, or or middle of the road is or sometimes. stab a guy through the chest with a big pipe and say have a steam bath. Or something oh right, like that. right, yeah, we that's have three awesome. data points. Steam. Let out some steam. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And they also don't, I mean, and that's, that's also classic dysmorphia, you know, yeah. it's like, that's yeah, super yeah. classic dysmorphia. Yeah. And, and to this day, like, I still look at pictures and I think about like, like, it's like, oh, that's a bad angle. Or, oh, yeah. I can tell I'm, you know, retaining oh, yeah. water or I yeah, can, hey, whenever oh. there's a photo of me, my neck looks weird. Right. Right. And the rest of my life, I'm like, body shame is for chumps. Do -do -do -do. Well, yeah. <laughs> and having to you live a good life, Brian, you live a I do my best charm. <laughs> Geocaching, bodybuilding. Hey, it gets me walking a lot Fuck in yeah. winter. In winter, that's when it's very easy in Minnesota to go. I'm just going to sit here with all the cheese. I want to do. Let's do a movie about uh, Brian as the extreme geocaching champion, and you know <laughs> he gets he's, up. He's shooting, he's shooting up. up. He's getting up at like six o'clock in the morning. No, and, like, I'm not doing eggs. I'm and staying up like, till six. <laughs> I got to get out there and get those caches before everybody else. Can that, can he's got his whey round. protein yeah. shake, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like undermining the other geocachers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hate to say it, but there's a, there's a local geocacher, who, the geocaching vlogger, who did... <laughs> 
who did a film that was about him trying to kick the geocaching habit and his wife crying because he was going out for first defines instead of spending time with his children. I know my wife. I know my wife. So this is well trained grounder. As I'm finding a compass underneath a rock. Anything you are into, you can become compulsive about. I know people, like through my wife, who is a bird watcher, there are people who not just keep a list of the birds they've seen in America, in the world, and in Minnesota. They keep lists of the birds they've seen in each county Mm -hmm. and have like binders that they will go through and have like colored, like for each bird, like have colored in the counties they have seen in each bird. So this this addictive personality can get you no matter what you're doing. Right. So what you're doing. Train spotting. Well, thank you, Bill, for joining us. Thank you so much. much fun. Where can people find you? Uh, They can (laughs) find me uh, on Twitter, why I'm uh, at B. Steitler. I should probably put that up because I'm not going to spell it for them. You can search uh, moviedatewithbill.com, and I am also on birdchick.com on the Bird Chick podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. We out. We out. Thank you. Hasta la vista, baby. I still meet you. Which way to the gun show? (laughs) (laughs) Double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill. It's double bill.